Salutations. Welcome to Podmortem. I'm Renee Hunter-Vasquez, joined as always by my co-host, my husband, and my brother. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. Hi, I'm Travis Hunter. This week, we're recording live from the DeMont Auction House, discussing the 2013 psychological horror film, Oculus. This film was directed by Mike Flanagan and written by Flanagan and Jeff Howard. Oculus is an expansion of the short film, Oculus Chapter 3, The Man with the Plan, written by Flanagan and Jeff Seedman. Seamlessly blending the past with the present, familial trauma with supernatural terrors, Oculus delivers a classic horror scenario in a new, unique way. This film was recommended to us by friend of the show and patron, Sandra Escalera. We want to thank Sandra, not only for this recommendation, but for her friendship and her support. Thank you, Sandra. So, what did you guys think about Oculus the first time you saw it? Uh, I can't remember the exact date we watched it or like a year but i know it was we watched it close to after it was released yeah like uh, we watched it at home yeah, yeah 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 so it couldn't have been too much longer after the theaters but i do remember liking this movie a lot mm-hmm. um i know we'll talk about it later uh this being affiliated with wwe in a small way right uh really <laughs> turned me on i was like this is great like, what's gonna happen wait it turned you on to it or it turned like kind of uh like not like uh not so much where like this movie was up my ass you know what i mean but it was He's like no i was aroused yeah. <laughs> uh but you know what i mean like i seen the i seen the wwe and i was like oh you know what i mean uh-huh. it kind of perked Shwing. up a little bit yeah well not that way but <laughs> you keep using terms yeah. that are not <laughs> i was penetrated by the movie yeah. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> God, we we gotta switch no. gears. How are, are we off the rails in the intro? I don't know. We're not even like a minute in. <laughs> wow. Um, I do remember seeing this very soon after it came out. Right. Don't think I saw it in theaters. I might have seen it when it uh, debuted on some kind of streaming right, right. platform. Mm-hmm. But I remember enjoying it. I, I think for the most part, I thought it was decent. Right. Like I, it, it wasn't anything at the time that necessarily blew me away, mm-hmm. but I feel like it is much more interesting to watch now. All right, to like go back and look at Baby Flanagan, yeah, and see where like the seeds of the themes that he uses consistently, yeah. were kind of born. And they're okay. here, yeah. yeah. It's I watching it again to record this episode. I was very surprised at how much of him is there, right? Like when a director and a writer has like their things that they're like, "This yeah, is what you, I like." Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. that's it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I made the foolish mistake of watching it at like one in the morning. <laughs> that is foolish. I don't know why I keep doing this to myself. Yeah. But there were some moments that genuinely unsettled me. Yeah. I will say that. And that was one thing that I I noticed and then I was like, okay, because I watched the movie and then I think that I stayed up a little bit the next night. Mm-hmm. And I when I was coming to bed, I was like there's somebody standing there looking at me. And then I was like, no, they're not. I was like, that's a fucking movie. I was like, yeah, take your ass to sleep. Well, was it, we just talked about on the Twilight Zone episode, was it the calendar, the calendar again? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it wasn't. I had came to the room and we have uh, beads covering the door mm. to the vanity in the bathroom. And I was like, there's somebody back there. And I was like, no, there's not. I was, I was like, go to bed. Go yeah, to bed. I was like, go to sleep. But I think that... Um, 
they really took because I watched. I know you watched the short film, Nay. Yes, I did. They really took a lot from it. Yeah, and expanded on it in a very interesting way. Yeah, but I I think this is a pretty good film. Yeah. Yeah, I really, really, really enjoyed it, revisiting it. We watched it. I, I don't know if you ever watched it again, but I only watched it the one time that you no, and I that watched was it. it. Yeah. And I was I remember we were like, that was really fucking good. And then I never thought about it again. Yeah. Like I don't know what it is about this film that I feel like nobody talks about it. It doesn't get its props. Right. I don't know what it is about this, but rewatching it, it was better than I remember. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a very claustrophobic film in a way that's very we fair have very um limited characters very yeah. limited sets very mm-hmm. i mean it's all very like you're in this shit after a certain point of the film we're just here and the right. fact that i feel like flanagan especially later on obviously not yet but he's so masterful at blending the past with the present right and like you had said, baby Flanagan, it's like, okay, so we're starting here. Mm. You yeah. know? Like the DNA of Hill House, I feel it's here. right. <laughs> yeah. There, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's no secret if you've listened to more than a couple episodes of us that I'm it's Mike Flanagan for president. Yeah. I'm a Mike Flanagan fangirl. <laughs> but revisiting this was a treat because right. like you said, his it's already here. Mm. Um, I did kind of go down a rabbit hole as to how this film even came to be because once I found out it was based on a short film, I went and watched the short film, but the name of the short film is Oculus chapter three, the mm-hmm. man with the plan. Yeah. And it kind of throws you off because you're like, well, I have not seen chapter. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to keep up. Yeah. But Mike Flanagan and Jeff Seedman had written, I guess nine parts oh, of wow. the story involving this mirror Mm -hmm. that mike flanagan described as a portable overlook hotel that (laughs) no matter where you put it yeah some shit's gonna happen so i guess they had written a bunch of stories about it Mm -hmm. and then the third one that they wrote was the one that they made into the short film okay Mm. and it is a one-man show right it is one man one mirror and some cameras oh shit and it like you said, they used a lot of, I mean, the backstory of the mirror, the history, mm-hmm. it's all in this film. Oh, wow. I mean, they did a, a I thought a really, really great job From of the adapting short story? it. Yes. Oh, yeah. Or the oh, short film. Yeah. yeah. And there's even like lines lifted like straight. Yes. Oh, shit. Uh-huh, yeah. Completely. How long is the short film? It's, it's only like half an hour. Yeah. 32 really? minutes. It's, it's on YouTube. Very short. I'll have to go watch that. You should. It's, yeah. it's good. But I guess the short film had made the rounds at like festivals and had gotten some good buzz around right so and what's funny is it was all inspired i read that mike flanagan was listening to the blood and smoke 1408 right and there it's here yeah like you can definitely tell the inspiration there is so much 1408 in this yeah even uh there's a moment in the short film where the phone yes yeah (laughs) it's basically yeah Yeah. um but (laughs) He had said that there was something about the hotel manager right. telling all the history of this room mm-hmm. and us being afraid of the room before we ever even see it. Yeah. That had really spoken to him. And so, I mean, that is clearly we're not there yet. Yeah. But that's in, that's I, in this film. I, I think I yelled at the TV a few times. He was out. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <my> <laughs> yeah. But he had tried to shop the short film around and get it made right. into a full feature. But every every studio that he went to wanted it to be a found footage film 
Really? Yes. And he's like, no, because in found footage, we're watching found yeah, footage yeah. and that ruins any objectivity yeah, yeah. of what you're seeing and what you're what what's real and what's not yeah. like no we're watching it plus i don't know if that would work because they do something later later in the movie that yeah, yeah, yeah. i yeah. don't know if that would even have worked the thing is is there's so much stuff that works as like you said like an observer yeah yeah, yeah. that would just be completely lost it, yeah, would, it would ruin I it but he stuck to his guns and he said no. And so he eventually just shelved it and was like, we're not, this isn't going to happen. Yeah. So he wrote Absentia, which I watched for the first time last year. It's and it's great. really fucking <laughs> good. Um, he wrote Absentia and funded it through a Kickstarter. Right. So he made that. People really loved it. And then people were like, hey, so about that Oculus yeah. movie. <laughs> you know, what's nuts is everything's kind of cyclical because the Kickstarter was so successful because they were so like, blown away by the oculus short yeah 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 and then it allows him to come back and make the feature yeah it's amazing so he said that he had a meeting with intrepid pictures Uh and gave them multiple ideas and they didn't like any of them (laughs) so when he's about to leave he's like oh well there's this there's oculus blah 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 he gave them the short film wait so he columboed them yeah (laughs) (laughs) one more thing thing. um but he said they called him the next day and they were like, we're very interested. We just don't want this to be a found footage film. Yeah. And Mike Flanagan was like, <laughs> yeah, bet. You bet got it, boss. Him, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, that's that's how it happened. I don't know how WWE got involved. Okay, that I can kind of explain. Please. All right. So whenever, I think it was already completed and shown in Toronto. Mm. And I think that, if I'm not mistaken, is when Jason Blum got involved as well. Okay. I think, I swear to God, I think he hears of a movie was that was made. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the bad signal if a horror Wakes film Wakes up is. out of his sleep. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Less than $5 million. <laughs> <laughs> but I think he got involved and he got involved as far as distribution. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so WWE got involved with Intrepid for marketing. Ah, all right. And I think that makes cuz what the thing is is there's like there's a really weird coincidence at the beginning of the film that was already in the film before WWE got involved. Right. But once you hear that you're like oh, maybe the mirror is fucking yeah. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was meant to be. <laughs> Now, before we auction this film off, we would like to issue a warning for spoilers. Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, then let's get really, really brave. The film opens with a brief title screen before immediately cutting to Kaylee Russell, played by Annalise Basso, peeking through a crack in a door. So before we go too far... We have already seen the WWE Studios logo. Right. Yes. And I do want to reiterate that I am very glad that they had a limited involvement mm-hmm. because it's like 2013. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the way that they were making movies then, like the mirror would have been played by the big show or something. Yeah. <laughs> like so let's just let's count our stars. No, yeah. That they only did the marketing. <laughs> they let him do his thing. Yes. But young Kaylee is spattered with blood as she looks into the other room where her father, Alan Russell, played by Rory Cochran, wanders around with a gun in his hand. So Rory Cochran, Mm -hmm. he's got one of those faces that I like recognize immediately. Yeah. But I could not tell you one thing that he's been in. It's the weirdest thing. I know you've been around. Yeah. (laughs) Like you you get work. Yeah. He's really good in this, too. He is very good. I uh, saw an interview with him, or rather with Mike Flanagan 
speaking about him. Mm -hmm. But he said that the way that he approached working in this film was to kind of (laughs) do the opposite of Jack Torrance in The Shining. Oh, okay. And not kind of succumb to anything, but try to maintain everything is fine. Yeah. Okay. And I feel like it's very effective because I know we talked about Jack Nicholson. Yeah, in yeah. The <laughs> well, he's crazy from jump. But he, yeah. did, he did not have far to go. No, he was already at a nine. Yeah. A 10 doesn't mean anything. <laughs> but as soon as Alan goes into another room and is out of sight, Kaylee opens the door wider to reveal that she's standing in front of her brother, young Tim, played by Garrett Ryan. Garrett Ryan plays uh, young Josh in the Insidious movies. Yes. Yeah. I saw him and I was like, we just. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and Hello, old friend. <laughs> wasn't yeah. 2013 Insidious Chapter 2? Because if so, that's a busy he year was, for this I was guy. Say, he was getting a lot of work. Dude, and what a goddamn a resume working for James yeah. Wan, then Mike Flanagan. Mm-hmm. I'm jealous of a child. Right. Good for him. <laughs> But they hold hands and quietly run out of their hiding spot and directly to the front door. Kaylee finds it to be locked and tries to open it. But Tim looks into the next room and sees a ghostly woman with bright glowing eyes standing in the middle of the room and looking back at him. So these kids are in the shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like already with the man who we don't know yet. Right. (laughs) We do not know this man. Um, The thing about the shiny eyes for me is that it is such an effective visual. Mm -hmm. It is, and I feel like Flanagan uses it a lot. I know he hasn't by this point, but we get it in Dr. Sleep. Uh I mean, it's... And it works for me every time. And there is so much Dr. Sleep in this. Yeah. Right. Like he really was like, I think I... (laughs) I I, Just trust me. Yeah, I struck some gold here. I might... But Tim fearfully calls out to his sister, who clamps a hand over his mouth. They stand in fear as Alan comes back into the room. Kaylee stands in front of her brother protecting him, but we see that the man with the gun isn't Alan anymore. The man points the gun directly at Kaylee's face and pulls the trigger. We immediately cut to adult Tim Russell, played by Brenton Thwaites, pantomiming shooting the gun and telling his psychiatrist, Dr. Sean Graham, played by Miguel Sandoval, that as many times as he's had this dream, it's never been him holding the gun before. Dr. Graham surmises that this is good. His dream implies that he has deeply rooted responsibility and that he hasn't only overcome the delusion in his conscious mind. We quickly cut to Dr. Graham and Tim at a meeting as Dr. Graham finishes his sentence. Tim has overcome the delusion in his subconscious mind as well. I, the transition made me laugh. <laughs> Yeah. Because it's like, and I'll tell the board that too. Yeah. <laughs> Watch me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're barely a couple minutes into this and we've just like blended right. into like three different places, mm-hmm. three different seats. I'm like, uh, it's a hell of a dream. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. And I got to say, in all fairness, I am not a psychologist right. or a psychiatrist. I did minor in psychology, but. That is neither here nor there. <laughs> but I don't know that a dream can absolve a patient of... He's like, yeah. oh, you're cured. Yeah, oh, you're fine. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. You're, you're going to be perfect. <laughs> but Dr. Graham does give his professional opinion that Tim is healthy and not a danger to himself or anyone else. He gives recommendation for Tim to be released on his upcoming 21st birthday. In the next scene, Kaylee Russell, played by Nebula herself, <laughs> yeah. Karen Gillan, 
walks into an auction with her red ponytail swinging behind her like a pendulum. Okay, you literally took the words right out of my mouth. That's what it's doing. Because (laughs) that pony, I've never seen a more active ponytail on film. (laughs) And so I was like, man, it it was so like swaying. Right. I guess maybe at the mall or something. I've, I've never seen documented footage. I know I haven't talked about hair in a while, but I really do like the shade of her hair. It's very nice. No, it's yeah, wonderful. It's, yeah. yeah. But I literally thought pendulum and I was like, well, is it symbolic? Because Mike Flanagan, he doesn't do anything. Every, right. Everything. Yeah. So I was like, maybe because it's all coming back again. Right. Her I hair. can see that. And the <laughs> hair is moving as well. Exactly, yeah, for yes. sure. And it's beautiful hair. It tracks. <laughs> <laughs> But she stands next to her fiance, Michael Dumont, played by James Lafferty, as the auctioneer, played by Courtney Bell, who was in Absentia, introduces an antique mirror, the Lasser glass, that she says was recovered from the Levesque estate. So that was where I was like, huh, because that's Triple H's real name. Right. And that's when I was like, well, when did WWE get involved? Right. And again, it would have been way worse if they were involved more because they would be like, sold to us by the game himself. (laughs) <laughs> they're Just like, hear like the music yeah <laughs> <laughs> fucking motorhead starts yeah. like, <laughs> if big show can't play the mirror you then got we, it yeah. uh, you better oh, say this it, mirror yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the giant mirror is uncovered and kaylee looks disturbed the auctioneer continues that this is the original frame and glass and it's in great condition besides a hairline crack in the lower right hand corner she starts the bidding at a conservative ten thousand dollars yeah conservative to whom yeah Yeah. could you imagine living that life no no literally no come on man i do have to say that the design of the mirror is uh, threatening oh yeah (laughs) no it's intimidating yeah i i really like the way that mirror looks like that was i was like man that looks fucking crazy it's beautiful and And scary scary. yeah Yeah. (laughs) the difficulty is i know that it's beautiful but my my no yeah fast pounding heart (laughs) yeah would not Get allow it at home. I they said the production designer he had talked to Flanagan. He's like, well, what kind of mirror are you looking for? Mm-hmm. And Flanagan goes, the mirror that I used for the short film. And so they used that as a model to create this new mirror. Oh, nice. I mean, it it, it is. Yeah, yeah, it looks almost exactly All the same. Right. Yeah, because I guess he had a kind of a bastard of a time finding it for the short film. So he's like, use that. Mirror. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know how much we paid for that thing? Yeah, I already did it. <laughs> But back at the institution, Tim packs and Dr. Graham confirms with him that Tim's sister will be picking him up. Tim says that she left a message about helping him find a job, too. And Dr. Graham is happy about this. Back at the auction, Michael asks Kaylee if she'd like him to go with her. And she thanks him, but says no. This is something she needs to do on her own. But he does promise to wait up for them. Back at the institution, (laughs) it's just like a lot of jumping around. Yeah, Yeah, and get used to it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dr. Graham reminds Tim of what they talked about. Tim had a mandated support system to help him get better, but Kaylee had to do all of that on her own. He tells Tim that, yes, it's very important that they reconnect, but it's even more important that he protect his recovery. So this is what I mean when I say baby Flanagan. Yeah. Yeah. Because we've already got this mystery of a family drama. Yes. That's just the seeds are starting to. Yeah. Yeah. And it. The fact that reconnecting with his sister could be detrimental to his recovery. Like that's what he's not saying. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. What? Yeah. (laughs) What's going on? But the thing about it that's very good is that it allows for more depth of character Mm -hmm. with their history that they have. Yeah. And I think that the familial 
kind of theme that Flanagan uses all the time, mm-hmm. it allows the story that was born in the short film to be even better. Yeah. I mean, the short film was so great as a short film to yes. me. But when you're unpacking it, I feel like this was the best thing that they could do. Uh-huh. I don't know if 90 minutes in a room with one person. That'd be a lot. I mean, it uh, would be, uh, John Cusack no. did it. <laughs> That's why he did. And he's like, I've already got enough 14 yeah. hours. <laughs> But at the auction, the Lasser glasses sold at $16,000. From somebody on Skype? From somebody yeah. on what Skype. What the fuck? I, I don't know why that upset me personally. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't even I fucking know. show I, up. Yeah. yeah. That, I thought the same thing. I was like, Skype? I was like, you weren't even there? Yeah, this piece of shit is just in their living room holding up yeah, the fucking paddle. <laughs> yes. Mm, yes, 16. <laughs> <laughs> I hope this class gets to them. <laughs> <laughs> But when this is concluded, Kaylee smiles. She kisses Michael and just goes on her way. At the institution, Tim approaches the doors. He takes a deep breath before the buzzer goes off, allowing him to open it, but he doesn't open it. He continues to stand there until the man working the door is like, hey, the buzzer means that you can go. It made me laugh because he's like, I'm trying to have a moment here. Yeah. Like, the camera's right there. I got, you know, yeah. the drama of it. He's like, open the Get door. Get the fuck yeah. out of here. You're forming a line. <laughs> but Tim finally opens the door and steps outside. He smiles when he sees Kaylee standing outside her car. She greets him with the hey, little brother, and the two smile at each other. And Kaylee rushes over to him and they hug. At a restaurant over burgers, Kaylee slides a check over to Tim, telling him that it's his half of their estate. She takes out a folder and cites research that people who are transitioning into life outside like he is shouldn't move into something too big. She's like, I bought you a cardboard box. Right. <laughs> Welcome home. That's yours. You can keep she, that. She hands him a print off of studio apartments that she found and tells him that until he can find something, they'd be very happy if he would stay with them. He's grateful, and she says that she wanted to talk to him about all of this sooner, but suddenly she just wasn't allowed to visit him anymore. Hmm. Tim admits that it wasn't them that wouldn't let her see him. He had things that he needed to figure out on his own. I would be hurt, but she's, like, super understanding. Well, I mean, he's trying to get better. I mean, uh, Yeah, uh, I'm like, no, but me, though. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but in all fairness, you know that she was like, so when the fuck are we going to? Yeah. yeah. Like, you know what she yeah, was doing. She's like, I am trying not to think about that. <laughs> I'm trying to get better. <laughs> My nightmares are enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good point. So, I mean. But she does remind Tim that she's his family and all that matters is that he's here now. He smiles at her, but then she says the words, I found it. Yeah, he didn't look too excited about the that at all. smile drops yeah. from his face. She says that she tracked it down through people who lost it at auctions, and it was part of an estate sale, and it took a year and a half for her to get it to their warehouse, and it only lasted there for about a week. So I have, like, a not a theory, but I feel mm-hmm. like her relationship with, with Michael yeah, yeah. might be a little nefarious. Maybe it started that way, but I feel like... I don't want to think that. Because it's not until later you see... Because his name is Dumont. Yeah. And you're like, oh. And it's the Dumont auction. Yeah. 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 She's like, so if I date this dude... But they're engaged. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it's love. <laughs> I mean, we can hope. But I will say that she really could have waited to drop the bomb. He didn't even take a bite out of his burger yet. No. I feel like she has been... Like, like the doctor said, he's had all this time to process and get better... And I mean, what, 11 years? Yeah. yeah. And she's had 11 years to be like, okay, as soon as he gets out, we're fucking yeah. ABC. Like, 
why wait? She's waited 11 years she's, in her mind. She's fucking shadow boxing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> in the parking lot. And he's having lunch with friends. <laughs> but she says that now they only have a few days before it's being shipped off to the new buyer. But a few days should be enough. Tim's like, what do we need a few days for? And Kaylee reminds him to keep their promise and kill it. Tim just stares back at her in horror. Well, again, this is what I was trying to get away from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Knew I shouldn't have fucking helped you, man. I will say it was already immediately in this scene where I realized her American accent is great. It's flawless. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, you I would never. I didn't know that she wasn't American until I was doing work on this movie. Yeah, yeah you would never guess. Yeah. But we get text that reads 11 years earlier. Marie Russell, played by Katie Sackoff, directs traffic with movers as they bring boxes into her home. Katie Sackoff, I've always thought, is such a badass. Mm -hmm. She just seems like such a cool person. Yeah. Right. I was thinking about her in Nip Tuck when they tried to replace her with Rose McGowan as if they looked yeah, alike I, at all. Oh, I was, yeah, uh, yeah. I forgot about that. She was yeah. Teddy Rowe and she was a fucking badass. Yeah. And yeah. then they should have just let her leave when Katie Sackoff left. Yeah. <laughs> it did not stay well, good. She, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's kind of like the queen of this like snarky smirk kind of a... Right. I, I don't know why in my mind I equate her with Timothy Oliphant. Like they could be brother and sister. I don't know why. <laughs> they need to be cast as they brother should, and sister. Right? I would That's watch that funny. film. <laughs> <laughs> but they have that same energy. Just like right. I think she's, she's very fucking cool mm -hmm. and she's really great in this. Mm-hmm. And the the fucking fact that nobody really talks about this film. Yeah. Yes. She should be in more horror films. Oh, yes, yeah. she should. But Tim plays nearby with the toy gun and she tells him not to shoot at the movers. Instead, he goes into his father's office where he's busy toggling between a landline and his cell phone. Tim tells Alan that Kaylee's under arrest and his father distractedly tells him that Kaylee is not in here. <laughs> but Kaylee pops in the doorway, shooting at him with the gun and the two run off playing laser tag. I was like, that looks like fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember those days. Yeah. But Marie tells them to chill out, and she's distracted when the movers bring in the lasser glass. She asks the movers to be careful as they put it against the wall in Alan's office and finally snaps at the kids to either go play outside or help with the boxes, and they choose to go play outside. <laughs> <laughs> That's an easy fucking joke. Yeah. You know, bet. I did uh, really enjoy, because they, from outside with the movers all the way in, Mm-hmm. And around his office and back and then, mm -hmm. then bringing the glass in. Yeah. It's one take, a yeah. steady cam shot. Mm -hmm. And I just, it kind of, again, it reminded me of James Wan. Yeah, I was right. thinking that too. And it just, it worked for me. I watched this behind the scenes thing on YouTube and Katie Sackoff in this scene is telling Mike Flanagan, I think it would make more sense if Marie came through here and then she's telling the kids this and then she directs the movers in here and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And he's just like listening to her and nodding. And ultimately that's the way that they end up doing it. Nice. And he's like, thank you, Katie. And she's like, you know, whatever. Uh -huh. But it's like watching all the behind the scenes stuff. It feels like he there's so much respect on his sets. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable because I did see this thing where he was talking to the child actors right. yeah. and he was treating them like adults and he was like, one of them did something and he said, well, I think that was excellent, yeah. but maybe for one take we could try it this way. Yeah. And I'm like, man, it's just that's how yeah. you do it. I saw him doing a secret handshake with Garrett Ryan. And it's serious. Just, it's very like... We talk about all these directors who like treat everybody like right. shit and get great performances out of them. Like you can also respect people yeah. <laughs> and get a great performance. And the fact that 
I've never seen Mike Flanagan uses kids a lot in his work. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I've never seen one of those performances from a kid where it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has a way with them where he can get such good work. I mean, I don't. It was just very. He doesn't have him jumping up and down he like does Jack not. Nicholson. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> like, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. Yeah. He's like, oh, shit. God damn. He's like, hold on. This is just a roll. Yeah. yeah. Calm like, down. You have to do that. He's like, nobody talked to Katie Sackle. Yeah. <laughs> Like, oh my what? god why though it was just very cool to see i did also see him whenever she gave them like the you can either unpack boxes or go play mm-hmm. yeah there was a shot of mike flanagan at the monitors and he turned to his producer and he was just laughing <laughs> <laughs> he's like this is working yeah <laughs> and i just i love this dude it's so he's, he's just great But anyway, Marie closes the door to Alan's office and confronts him about expanding the furniture order for his office without telling her. He quickly smooths things over and she concedes that he can decorate his office however he wants, but she does find that mirror to be a bit ostentatious. Well, it looks evil from junk. It does. does. (laughs) I I was very curious. I think they say later he's a software designer. Yes. I'm like, if you're fucking selling this thing for 16 grand. Yeah. But this was 11 years ago. What's the depreciation value yeah. on a mirror? <laughs> <laughs> on a, on a on scary a yeah. mirror. <laughs> but Alan reminds her that he was fine with Ikea. She's the one that wanted to get antiques. He tells her that they have a new home and they need new furniture to go with it. They hug and she smiles, making sure that with all the new stuff, he still keeps the same old wife. It's very cute. Yes. But we cut to present day, Kaylee and Tim walking into a very small and dingy hotel room. She asks if he's sure he wants to stay here because her guest room is a lot nicer than this, but he insists. It's best that he have his own space. He's like, you're already talking some yeah. crazy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I get what he's saying and everything, but I kind of grow to be, I don't want to say annoyed with Tim in this film. Really? Yeah. I And the thing that bothers me the most is that he's representing like my the skeptic yeah yeah and i'm like dude shut the fuck up i i to me yes it's annoying mm-hmm. but i kind of give it a pass because he has been fed this and taught this and absorbed this and learned this for the majority of his life at this point yeah. since he was a fucking 10 year old well, you're 21 now. So, I mean, <laughs> you don't lose that overnight. And especially, I mean, we'll get to it when we get to it. But yeah. I can understand him trying to be right, like, no, right. no, no. Like, you've prepared yourself for this. He's like, the walls are coming down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stay strong. But he sits down on the bed and she turns to leave, but stops abruptly. She tells him that he promised her to never forget what really happened. Tim says that he was only 10 years old. And Kaylee says that she's doing it tomorrow night and she could use his help. 10 years that's not an excuse i i I remember everything i did (laughs) (laughs) i remember every promise i made yeah and i kept every single one of them (laughs) when i traded a pokemon card that shit was (laughs) traded it was legit yeah i mean it but tim doesn't say anything in response so kaylee tells him good night and leaves closing the door behind her now alone tim looks at himself in the mirror In the past, Marie looks at herself in the bathroom mirror, twisting the wedding ring on her finger. She stands in an open robe and runs her finger along the C-section scar on her stomach. She goes into the bedroom and tells Alan that she thinks the scar is more noticeable now than it was 10 years ago. And he offers to take a closer look, you know, in a sexual way. (laughs) (laughs) He kisses her stomach, remarking that he doesn't even see a scar. And the camera does this really cool twist, turning them from horizontal to vertical. Yeah, it like follows the sexy time up. (laughs) (laughs) Again, some of the camera work is pretty great in this. It's Mm -hmm. really cool. 
But he kisses Marie and she tells him that they still have so much to do. All he's done is put together the bed, but he puts an end to that talk when he lowers his head back down, you know, in a sexual way. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, I was trying to, I was trying to, like, I was like, man, who does he look Place like? Uh, yeah, I was like, who? See? But all I could come up with was this has to be Murr before he did Impractical Jokers. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I was like, I know he doesn't look exactly the same. No, but, but they kind of, kind of, I was like, if I blur my eyes, that's Murr. I was like, what if the I fuck? If I blur my eyes. Yeah. If I close so, my eyes. Yeah. So I, I watched the rest of the movie. Yeah, right. So I put the beer goggles on. Yeah. I, like, I don't know what happens after this. Yeah, no. <laughs> but that night, Alan stands in front of the mostly empty fridge before taking out a half drunk juice box. He makes his way through the house, tripping over a box on his way back to the stairs. But for a brief moment, that woman that Tim saw is standing there, the one with the glowing eyes. But when Alan takes another look, she's not there. So you just saw a full-bodied apparition. Yeah. Right. Or FBA for, right. the, <laughs> for the folks that, uh, you know. Uh, but... I just don't understand why he didn't scream like Ned Flanders because, right. yeah. dude, it, it's not out of the corner of your eye. No. He's like, man, I must, yeah. I must be tired. <laughs> it's like, what's in this juice? Yeah. <laughs> Did you see it was called Tasty and Juice? <laughs> no. Really? I was like, that doesn't even make any yeah. sense. The juice isn't what makes it tasty. No. Oh, shit. <laughs> that should have been the clue. We also put some juice in here. <laughs> it's mostly LSD. Yeah. <laughs> You may see FBA. <laughs> but he goes into his office, switching on the light, and he sees in the lasser glass that in his fright, he squeezed the juice box and now has a huge stain down the front of his shirt. That is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> he leaves to go back to bed, but we get this long, lingering look at the mirror. And I think the other thing that gets me is that this is starting already... We start to hear whispers. Yeah. Yes. So they're already planning it in our heads that this mirror is something to very much be feared. Oh, yeah. For sure. And it since it's already set up already, whenever we see Tim looking in the mirror in the hotel room and we see Marie looking in the mirror in their bedroom. Right. I already feel weird about mirrors. Yes. Yeah. So I, I saw or I read something that when he had shelved, when Mike Flanagan had shelved Oculus, the, the movie Mirrors came out. Oh. And he was horrified. And he said that he saw opening night because he was like, well, there goes my movie. Yeah. Uh -huh. And he was like, it's nothing. It's completely yeah. <laughs> No, yeah. This is a good movie. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> you don't talk about Keeper like that. I'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but back in present day at Kaylee's house, she and Michael are asleep, but she's woken up by the sound of a dog barking. She gets up to investigate and suddenly she's in her father's office, just as it was in the past. The lasser glass is hung on the opposite wall of the door, confronting her as soon as she walks in. The thing is, is that the dog barking seems innocuous. Yeah. Yes. But then what we learn later. That's something yeah, yeah. that I did not even clock until I watched it for the second time today. Yeah. Me I too. was like, oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> and I was very scared. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I turned the light on. <laughs> But she walks up to the glass and looks at her reflection, but nothing happens. She turns around to leave just as Alan grabs her by the neck and slams her against the mirror. I don't think we should ask if we could stay the night. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. no, we're good. Kaylee wakes up back in her bed next to Michael, screaming and struggling to breathe. Michael tries to calm her down, and although she fights him at first, she relaxes when he tells her she's just having another one of her night terrors. She goes back to sleep, but Michael keeps a watchful eye on her. 
So this made me very sad mm-hmm. because the dreams that Tim has been having, she's been having them too. Yeah. But she hasn't had what he's had to help deal with them. Yes, yeah. not at all. It's very tragic. Yeah. The next day, Kaylee is filling out papers on the sold auction items when Michael comes in. He tells her that he's arranged for her to have her own printer, and she seems happy with this until he tells her the reason. (laughs) There have been complaints from people who were just printing out their sales reports and found gory crime scene photos in the printer. Photos that were printed from Kaylee's computer. They did a fucking yeah. trace. <laughs> <laughs> What's How the IP address? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he presents one of these photos, a woman lying in a bed with blood flowing down the lower half of her body. She snatches the photos away from him and tucks them under her folder. He mentions that he saw she put in for a transfer order on the Lasser glass. She's like, oh, it's for repairs. But Michael says that the repairman, Warren, said no repairs. And Kaylee's like, he changed his mind. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> she's acting very sketch yeah uh, yeah he's honest with her and says that he's really just wanting an explanation for the corpse printout well yeah <laughs> that i mean okay i don't know what you're doing with the glass yeah. but why can the, we talk yeah, about this? why the dead pictures he's like well i got a presentation plan yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hold on she says that she's dealing with a lot of parental stuff now that tim is out and that she knows that things have been strange lately she doesn't expect him to understand that aspect of her life so she only asks him to put up with the strangeness for another day or two and then everything will be back to normal he agrees and they kiss michael's a peach (laughs) because i'm like tell me fucking everything and then i will be cool i'll support you whatever you need i need to know what the fuck is going on and now you're printing these i what the fuck is going on at the very least the repairs to the lasser glass because this is his business it is yeah so i'm like you're gonna make me look really bad But we cut to the warehouse where she approaches the covered lasser glass with Warren, played by Scott Graham. Scott Graham is the star of the short film. Yes. He's uh, the one man. Right. Yeah. And he, he does really good in that. <laughs> so it was cool to, that he gets a little, you mm-hmm. know, his little moment here. We love to see Flanagan reuse people. And he does. Right. Yeah. But he tells Kaylee that it's unusual for them to be sending something to a third party for repairs. And Kaylee's like, oh, the buyer just wants it looked at by their people. But I know you do a better job. So she's lying to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Warren did not change his mind about the repairs. No, he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. So Warren concedes and goes to get the supplies to move the mirror. But Kaylee stands frozen, staring at the shrouded glass. Alone now, she pulls the cover off of it, sending dust into the air, and she stares into the clouded glass and tells it, hello again. I was like, oh, shit, this person. Yeah. Yeah. Like, never thought you'd (laughs) (laughs) Surprise, bitch. Exactly. (laughs) But she runs a hand along its frame, remarking that it must be hungry. She bends down and touches the crack in the corner of the mirror and tells it that she hopes it still hurts. In the reflection of the glass, there's a trio of human-shaped covered objects, and one turns to look at her. Yeah. So, oxygening off some sheet ghosts, I <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I, it's like, the, the mirror, it's nice. I just, no. That's okay. <laughs> Maybe no. Yeah. yeah. So, you've I changed know, your mind. Yeah, like, I you know, know I said what? it was pretty. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> but when Kaylee turns around, there are only two covered objects, when in the mirror she saw three. Back in the mirror, there are three again, and now the other two turn toward her. Now she turns around and finds that there are no longer two objects. There are three like there were in the mirror. This is like so subtle in the yeah. way that it's it's nothing jumping out at you. It's no. it's just like, what the fuck? Just 
uneasy. Right. I think that's the thing is that Flanagan creates scares that are so well crafted. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like this is enough to where just the sight of it, you're unsettled. Something is horribly wrong. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There didn't need to be a giant loud noise to where you're squeezing your juice box. (laughs) (laughs) But Kaylee approaches the covered whatever they are and bravely pulls the covering off of one, revealing a statue. She does it again to the second, revealing another lifeless statue staring back at her. She approaches the third, but just before she can pull the sheet off, Warren comes back and is like, you're all set. It yeah. scares the shit out of her. And in all fairness, he didn't even really scream it. No. no. I was just. But the moment yeah. was so tense. <laughs> but Warren asks if she's all right, and she looks back in front of her, and now the third object is gone again, leaving only the two that she uncovered. She looks back at the lasser glass and declares, I'm great. So I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> I didn't catch the number. Yeah. Like from the beginning. Yeah. So whenever she was going to reach for the third one and then Warren scared her and then it was gone. Mm-hmm. I gasped. <laughs> 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 I must have been taking notes or something. But when it disappeared, I was like, oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> but Warren tells her that they'll have it wrapped up for her soon and leaves. Kaylee stares down the glass and tells it that she'll see it at home. Later, she instructs them to load it into her car when her phone rings. It's Tim telling her that he got a phone. He says that he doesn't feel good about the way they left things last night and asked if they can meet up and talk. Kaylee agrees and asks if he can come by the house. He's like, yeah, what's your address? And she goes, no, the house. Tim just hangs up the phone. That was not part of the deal. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what are you supposed to say? No, 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 no. No, we're not doing doing all that. I was 10. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I do want to point out something that I saw in the credits later, Mm -hmm. which kind of bummed me out because we just said we love when Flanagan reuses people. Yeah. But it said that Katie Parker, who was, I think, the lead in Absentia. Yeah. And she's in Hill House. Like, Mm -hmm. she pops up a lot. Right. Uh, she was supposed to have played the phone store clerk in this movie. And I guess the oh. scene got deleted. Yeah, right. clearly it got cut. That sucks. Yeah. yeah, he's just like, I got a phone. Yeah. <laughs> All <laughs> right. <laughs> but who sold it to you? Yeah. <laughs> was it a familiar face? Yeah, if only. But Kaylee seems unfazed that he hung up on her and walks outside to see the men loading the lasser glass into her car. We pan over to a plant in the warehouse and it transitions us back into the past. Marie goes to water her plant and looks dismayed to see that it's wilting. In his office, Alan ends a phone call but looks confused when he starts hearing whispering voices. We see that the lasser glass is still on the wall behind him. I don't know if we just are students of horror, right? <laughs> but I'd be like, that mirror is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if he looked confused. He looked kind of interested. He I was mean, like, what, is a, what are y'all talking yeah. about? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what they have to say. Yeah. <laughs> But outside, Kaylee and Tim play with their laser tag stuff. Kaylee runs and hides in the bushes outside of Alan's office window, and she just happens to look through the space in the curtain and sees her father sitting in a chair, seemingly being consoled by a woman. As I saw that, I was like, so is that Marie or is that Mirror? (laughs) (laughs) The way that it's framed, you almost can't really see very clearly who the woman is. And the hair kind of looked red-ish you can't tell like right. you, i so was like, like first i had marie question mark and then i looked again and i was like no that's not yeah that's not her it took a second and i was like because i thought the same thing i was like wait wait something's wrong yeah yeah but the woman grips his shoulders from behind and rests her head on his 
Maybe I've got this mirror all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this mirror might be pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's starting to get a little steamy yeah. here. <laughs> Kaylee looks confused by this, but snaps back to reality when Tim shoots her and she runs after him. Laser tag. <laughs> right. She's like, oh, keep my mind on the money. <laughs> that night at dinner, Kaylee tries hard to get them to buy her a cell phone, saying that she's the only one who doesn't have one at school. But when Marie shuts it down, Kaylee calls her Marie instead of mom. And Marie handles it very well, laughing it off. I'd be like, excuse yeah. me? Yeah, you don't get dessert. Yeah. <laughs> or a phone. Dessert hits him where it hurts. <laughs> but the whole time, Alan has been silently chewing on his nail. He takes it out of his mouth and looks at it, realizing that he's chewed it down to the quick and he's bleeding. Too far. Yeah. Yeah, that... I don't know why that bothers me more than like uh, the death or whatever. Yeah, and <laughs> like, some, oh, stop that. Yeah. Something coming up. I yeah. was oh like, God. oh, man. Okay. Well, it's, what did we say? Nails, eyes, and teeth? Yeah. Yes. Those are the three. That's the holy trinity that you, we yes. don't want to yeah. see. <laughs> Leave it alone. <laughs> Is this when Kaylee says that she wishes she was a pineapple? I do not remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I very much remember that because I don't know what the fuck that means. Yeah. Kids just be saying shit, dude. Yeah. She's like, I don't have a cell phone. I might as well be a fruit. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just so confused. Like, just an inanimate object. I'm, Without phones, that's all we are. I guess. <laughs> but Alan gets up and walks away from the table without a word. And Marie just asks the kids to not chew on their nails like he does because it's gross. <laughs> As he gets a Band-Aid from the kitchen drawer, Kaylee asks him, who was that woman in his office today? Marie jumps on this jokingly like, yeah, who was that woman in your office today? <laughs> very chill about she that. Is. Yeah, she's just very cool. Yeah. But I feel, I feel like that really speaks to how secure she is in her marriage. Right. And so that like, and Mike Flanagan had said that, you know, your mirror is your opposite. Mm. And so it really brings out your the opposite yeah you know and i feel like this is so well because she could have been like what are you talking about yeah. but now she's like yeah dad who was the one you know okay, what i mean all right but at the same time i mean it's kind of something that she had already joked about earlier yeah, yeah. where she was like i hope you're not same old wife yeah, yeah. Or ikea or whatever right. or she was ikea <laughs> she's ikea <laughs> so i mean it's almost like it's uh, maybe there's like a subconscious right thing going on yeah and she's using humor to yeah. to drown it. <laughs> <laughs> As we all do. Yeah. So Alan's just like, what lady? Worst answer. Yeah. Kaylee like kind of doubles down and Alan just maintains that he has no idea what she's talking about. I just don't understand. Like, who was that lady? I don't know. That's a whole ass yeah. person. <laughs> what lady? Like, you are only making yeah. me more suspicious. Yes. Now Marie's like, I think there was a lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was joking yeah. a minute ago. She's... Kind of chill about it. Yeah, she was. But the dining room table disappears as the room transitions to present day. Tim stands looking at where it once was while Kaylee enters with a dog in a kennel. She opens the door and is like, come on, dog. And Tim asks if she really named her dog Dog. And she's like, oh, this dog doesn't have a name. It's like, okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sorry, name a dog Dog. Yeah, <laughs> that's, fine. that's fine. Hey, Tim, what's your fucking dog's name? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Since we're fucking judgmental yeah. and everything. <laughs> You don't have a dog. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> you don't have any pets. <laughs> but she asks if Tim's okay. And when he turns away without answering, she realizes that he hasn't been here since. And then she invites him to take a look around the house. He does so, heading upstairs and taking everything in. And we see that there are several potted plants sitting all around the house. 
Tim goes into one of the bedrooms and looks out the window before noticing a chain attached to the wall. Kaylee comes in and says that the house just stood empty for the whole time that she was in the foster system. They released her when she was 18 and she was the only freshman in the dorms that owned a house. So this is again, the plot is thickening. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're like, well, why was she in the foster care? And what the fuck happened? But he was. Yeah. Yeah. But Tim looks back at the wall and the chains are now gone. Kaylee does propose that they try to sell the house, though, you know, after. I'm like, what is going on? (laughs) Being very vague, sis. (laughs) I will say, though, that when I saw the chain, I was a little confused. And then when it disappeared, I was like, just get out of the house. Yeah, what the fuck? No, we don't need to be doing any of this. (laughs) She asked him if he'll help with one more thing, and we cut to them carrying the mirror into the house. As they struggle, he's like, how did you expect to carry this in by yourself? And she's honest with him. She didn't. She always thought that both of them would be here. They set it up against the wall and she takes the moving gear off, but keeps the sheet over the glass. Tim notices a hole in the wall and looks up at the ceiling to see this like pulley like contraption up there. She's been busy. (laughs) He asks what it is, and Kaylee tells him that it's a yacht anchor. It's their kill switch. She has multiple video cameras and laptops set up. She stands behind them and tells Kim that she understands if he wants to leave, but she really needs to get started. Tim, though, says that he'll stay for a little bit. I did want to talk about this room very quickly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I saw in a featurette that this room is the only room in the entire film that was a set. Oh, wow. They said the reason for that is because working with a mirror yeah. is a pain in the ass. All right. Because you have to hide the lighting. You have yeah. to hide the fucking, crew. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> Everything. Yeah. So to be able to do that, they had one of the false walls of the set uh-huh. and you can shoot from certain angles to where you're not fucking with that yeah. mirror. I can't even imagine how difficult it is to work around like one wall. Yeah. Yeah. Like... And you One know, wall's out of play. Yeah, and the second that somebody sees like a camera in the mirror, they're fucking DiCaprio. Like, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you know that they were painstakingly so doing this. Everything else was was a, a home. Yeah, all the other stuff were that's, practical. Oh wow, that's amazing. All right. And I'm assuming that kept the production costs down. Yeah. yeah. If you're using real locations, they did also say I meant to mention earlier when you were talking about the production stuff uh-huh. that the short film only cost fifteen hundred dollars to make. Wow. That's that's amazing. Yeah. And they do a lot. Like they, they, had, really? they had to right, make that have stretch. To watch it now. You should. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of inspiring. It's like, well, I mean, 15, that's still a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is, but, but to it's do, not oh, impossible. Yeah. No, no yeah. it's a lot more attainable than yeah. yeah. Speaking of the mirror, too, I read this after I watched it again today and I didn't have time to go back and confirm if it's true. Okay. But I read that logically the way the mirror is positioned and what it's reflecting every time you see it, it shouldn't be reflecting what it is. It's not like there's a figure in the mirror or anything like that, but what it's reflecting is not what it should be. I think that they actually use that to their benefit because they also created, I I can't remember the exact number, but they said they created a lot of fake mirrors as well Mm -hmm. to also help with the whole reflection issue. And so if they put a fake reflection in there, it's not going to be exactly accurate, but it also adds to the eerie mystique. Well, it says that even if you don't consciously realize that that's happening, it's subconsciously going to make you feel uneasy because that's not right. right. Even if you can't put your finger on why it's not right, it's not right. I already yeah. don't like so looking in now mirrors. I know. Now I want to go watch the movie <laughs> I know, again. I'm like, yeah. I'm going to watch it after we record. Yeah. I just didn't have time. <laughs> 
So Tim says that he'll stay for a little bit. And with a smile, Kaylee turns on the cameras. She turns to one and introduces herself. 23-year-old Kaylee Ann Russell here with her brother, 21-year-old Timothy Allen Russell. She mentions that his middle name is Allen after his father. And Tim immediately walks out of the frame. She goes on to give the date, time, the address. She begins detailing the precautions that she's taking before putting the glass in its spot and taking the cover off. She says there are three cameras equipped to their own power source to record any anomalies. She has landlines, her own cell phone, and she turns the camera to document Tim handing over his phone so that she can control all electronic devices. I love that they're capturing it all on camera. Yes. Yeah. And I think it was very nice of Apple to supply them with all yes. this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Tim does so reluctantly and she thanks him, calling him by his nickname, Timbo. She holds up an alarm set to go off every 45 minutes so that she can change the tapes in the cameras. Another will go off hourly to remind them to eat. We see that water and snacks have been bought in bulk. She has software designed to record temperature fluctuation in hospitals, and there's a thermostat in every room that will report to that software. Any shift of five degrees in either direction will set off an alarm. She mentions that there's a third precaution, but we'll get to that in a minute. Mm. She stands in front of the camera again and says that the purpose of today's experiment is to prove that behind the lasser glass is home to an observable and predictable supernatural force. She says there's no scientific word for haunted, so she boils it down that the glass is responsible for at least 45 deaths in the four centuries that it has existed. I feel like this was a harsh turn. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I love that. Again, we talked about how Tim has been healing for 11 yeah, years. Yeah. Kaylee has been fucking planning oh, every yeah. variable. And once we get more into the history, it's like, okay, that's why we have an alarm to eat. That's why we have an yeah. alarm. Like she has thought of everything. And I think that it is from that research that she's like, okay, well, that's, that's not going to happen to me. Though. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Could be me. Yeah. <laughs> Adds another alarm. Right. Like, it's very smart. This is for the Nutrigrain bars. Yeah. It's like, all right. <laughs> Tim says he needs to ask her something and reaches to turn off one of the cameras, but she stops him. Never turn off a camera. She grabs her file folder and goes back in front of the camera. She admits that the origin of the glass is unknown, so she can't provide a complete history. But the furthest back she can find is London in 1754. And this begins our 1408 sequence. Yeah. Yes. I'm really living for it, to be completely honest. So I really appreciate this, even though it is a lot of exposition. Yes. Mm -hmm. I did read in the production notes, I think that Flanagan said that people had initially told him when they saw because it, it's like... He said something along the lines of 13 pages of exposition. Damn. And he's like, everybody was telling him that it's not going to work. Yeah. But thankfully, he had the short film to yeah. show them. He's like, this is an award-winning yeah. short film that the audience thought was effective. And, yeah. he, and he does this in it. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. He does. Right. So it's like, this is our test yeah. and it passed right right and so let me make my fucking film <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say that and really though this is what it was born from yes because this is the scene that inspired him in 1408 to make this exactly so it's like yeah no we're yeah. not cutting the fucking we're not cutting this yeah no. i i enjoy this yeah. very uh -huh. very much I think what makes it work for me, aside from just I thinking thinking it's very cool that they have like a history for it. Right. Yeah. I love when movies do that. But I think what makes it work is the speed at which she says these things yes. and the editing on behalf. And I don't know if you saw this, but Mike Flanagan edits the majority of yeah. his films. Yeah. 
And oh, wow. That's very admirable to me. Yeah. Yeah. Because they say a lot of films don't even come together as far as like your vision of them until mm-hmm. it hits the editing room. Right. Well, and he, to have the filmmaker do it. Yeah. He had worked for, I think, the Discovery Channel and something else doing editing. That's right. And he was like, I want to make films. Yeah. So he is well versed in editing before he ever started making. Oh, he's movies. got yeah. that uh, National Geographic skill, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I want to piggyback on what you said about how quickly she's talking Mm -hmm. because it's like you almost don't even have time to digest what she's saying. But she also has this air of like, we need to fucking get down to business. I know this history back and forth. I'm just trying to get it out for the camera. And then, you know what I mean? Well, a lot of it, too, it's like they're facts. It's yes. not just like unknown this and that. Okay, yeah. then we move. It's like she tells this you. Happened, exa- this happened. Then this yeah. happened. It's and like, okay. She's been waiting 11 years to tell all this. Yeah. yeah. So the the urgency, it just works. It, yeah. it really, oh, really yeah. does. But she holds up a photo of the 17th Earl of Leicester, Philip Lasser, for which the glass is named. I will admit that Philip Lasser almost looks like one of like if you paid someone online to draw your portrait into like an old fashioned because <laughs> his glasses look very modern <laughs> I'm not saying this is a friend of Mike Flanagan's but, <laughs> but it might be a friend probably <laughs> she says that he hung the mirror over his fireplace her phone rings and she identifies it as yet another precaution it's Michael who says he's calling as instructed she thanks him but asks that he try harder to call on the hour because it's seven past right now confused he agrees that's when i saw the dumont in the background yeah and i was like oh yeah what's really going on (laughs) because i mean how else was she gonna get to the glass yeah Yeah. or maybe she already infiltrated and then she met him and they fell in love the owner he's probably the son of the owner (laughs) (laughs) that makes it better somehow (laughs) but she tells michael she loves him and that she will talk to him in 53 minutes before hanging up She explains to the camera that she told her fiance, Michael, that she was nervous to be spending time with Tim, who was just recently unincarcerated. So she needs him to call every hour on the hour. Fantastic. If she doesn't answer, he's to alert the authorities. Tim is like, wow. I'm right the fuck here. And you brought me here. Mm -hmm. I didn't even want to come. Yeah. I know she's using it as an, a fake excuse. Right. Yeah. But she could have picked something that's, else. That's pretty shitty. Yeah. yeah. My feelings are hurt. <laughs> yeah. But she continues with the story. In 1755, Philip Lasser was found inside the fireplace that the mirror hung above, burned beyond recognition. There was even a church investigation into the house when a steward reported seeing Lasser's reflection in the mirror. The glass was then sold at auction in 1758, and she holds up verifiable documents of all of these events. Yeah. That only helps. Yeah. Yeah. Robert Clancy, an American railroad tycoon, got the glass in 1864. She mentions that Clancy was well over 300 pounds when he hung the glass in his Atlanta ballroom. She holds up a newspaper clipping of him later that year, and he is looking quite trim. A few weeks later, his obituary is printed with no cause of death. I don't know what him being svelte now has to do with because he lost like 200 pounds in some months and that's well i mean what was he doing (laughs) (laughs) what's your secret what's the secret no i feel like that that's why she has an alarm for them to eat yeah oh come on man come on see it's all making sense (laughs) 
The glass is then lost until it resurfaces in New England in 1904. A woman named Mary O'Connor hung it in her private bathroom, and two weeks later, she was found dead in the bathtub. The cause of death was listed as dehydration in a bathtub of water. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to drink that water. (laughs) If I'm dying of thirst, (laughs) I'm drinking the water. I mean, we got our preferences here. (laughs) But I think this is why we have the alarm to drink and hydrate makes sense i will say that you said new england right yeah was her brother eaten by wolves on the connecticut (laughs) turnpike (laughs) i think he might have been this is really feeling She continues, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, 1943. Alice Carden was found in a nursery after neighbors reported hearing loud bangs and screams. Her left leg was shattered, her left arm and ribs broken, and her children were outside drowned in a cistern. There was a hammer in her right hand that she was using to break her own bones, and she was starting on her skull when they found her. She thought she was tucking the kids into bed when she was putting them into the cistern to drown. See, that's terrifying yeah because i mean the matter of non-reality yes yeah i don't need to be dealing with hallucinations yeah just get the mirror just yeah. <laughs> just do it yeah just throw it away <laughs> like good lord but kaylee says that alice never recovered from her injuries she mentions their family dogs and sees a large dog run through the hallway and this is not the tiny dog named dog <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that she brought with her to the house I will say very quickly that I did laugh at her description of Alice's injuries. Yeah. Because she was talking about everything, you know, she goes, and she was hitting herself with the hammer. Yeah. And she goes, except <laughs> her right arm, because yeah. she needed to wield the hammer. Yeah. I was like, yeah, we know. We gotta yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that was in the short film, too. So I, I laughed. Yeah. <laughs> I laughed twice. But seeing the big dog again, you're already having hallucinations. Yeah. Yeah. What? You don't even yeah. have the exposition out. Right. But after seeing the dog, Kaylee zones out, staring into the hallway and doesn't finish her sentence. One of the alarms goes off, bringing her back. And she's like, let's eat. We cut to her and Tim sitting on the floor as she eats like a Nutrigrain bar kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I will say is, and I don't know why this is, I don't know if it's because of the number of takes or having to pretend that you're eating for a very long time, but goddamn do actors eat funny on film. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay, this is nothing compared to later. I was was like, come on. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't understand. It's it's the funniest thing in the world to me. It's like, do you have to over-exaggerate so we know you're still eating or what? I have very few complaints about this film, but that I was like, fucking come yeah. on. And I, but then <laughs> you didn't I, make her do that again. Yeah. But <laughs> my problem is I start to get insecure and I'm like, damn, should I be chewing my food like that? <laughs> They're big famous Hollywood actors. Yeah. What do I know? <laughs> Maybe I'm chewing yeah, well. Goddamn. Swallowing whole pieces of food. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> Tim asks who exactly she's making the tapes for. And Kaylee tells him everyone who ever talked about them, everyone who somehow found out what happened. She's making them for everyone who ever called their father or Tim himself a murderer. See, we're getting bits and pieces. Yes. Tim counters this, though. They were kids who made up a scary story so that they didn't have to face the fact that their father was a murderer. But he was. He says that their father tortured and killed their But Kaylee slaps him in the face before he can finish. It is a very polite slap. Yeah. It is. And he he takes it very badly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like this kid has no chin. Yeah. (laughs) 
Kaylee says that he can call her crazy as much as he wants, but he's not allowed to talk about their father that way. She immediately stands up and tells the camera that in 1955, Tobin Cap starved to death in his own bedroom with the mirror hung over his dresser. More reason to eat our Nutrigrain yeah. bar. See, that's where I got the Nutrigrain bar. But right. yeah. the other guy was like, he's just been busting his ass. He's doing, <laughs> he's doing DDPY. Yeah. <laughs> She does mention that Tobin Cap had a pet Dalmatian. In 1965, it hung in a bank in San Diego. A teller locked her manager in a bank vault and chewed through the power line. She shows us a picture of the damage. The mirror hung in the bank, right? Yes. The way you said it almost sounded like the Dalmatian. I was like, is this, no. <laughs> is this Gremlins? Yeah. <laughs> the lasser glass hung in the bank. <laughs> In 1975, Marisol Chavez dies in her bed due to hemorrhaging from a miscarriage. She shows a photo of Marisol Chavez, played by the wonderful Kate Siegel. I was so happy to see her. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I don't even think they were together yet. I'm trying to find where they got together, but I don't know if they were together yet. The only thing I can find... She is married to Mike Flanagan. Yes. The only thing I can find is when they got married. Yeah, me too. I'm assuming it must have been at or around Hush. Right. Because what a great film Hush is, right? Yeah, fantastic. We should talk about it soon. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but the photo of Marisol is the photo that Michael caught her printing at work of the woman bleeding in her bed. Mm-hmm. But Kaylee says that in Marisol's nightstand were all of her teeth in a plastic bag and a pair of pliers. So she's a neat monster. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. It's just the thought. Yeah. Like I can't handle it. So this thing is just survived, just keeps... Yes. Yeah. And then resurfacing yeah. and then doing its thing and then going back underground. But doesn't that seem like intricate? Like it's not it's not doing things to where people are just like, like 1408, they jump out the window. Yeah. Like the teeth thing, like the mirror is an asshole. Yeah. 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 Like it's not even just so evil. So it's Pennywise. Yes. Yeah. But it's I, petty. Yeah. It's, it's a dick. All right. It goes away for a little bit. It comes back. Uh-huh. I feel like it goes back to what Mike Flanagan said about it being the reflection or the opposite or the inverse or uh-huh. whatever. We're all different. And so that's all going to be a different thing of our opposite or of our of right. twisting our insecurity or whatever right. it is. Maybe she was self-conscious about her teeth or maybe oh. she's like, my teeth are amazing. Maybe she yeah. loved oh, her teeth. Right. And yeah. the mirror's like, what? see those yeah. pliers? Right <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, that woman loved her children. She thought she was tucking them into bed and she was killing them. I mean, True. I'm sure we could, maybe that's one little nitpicky thing. I wish, you know, maybe a little more of like, who these people were and what they became. Yeah. The specifics not, of not yeah. too much, no. you know, because that could be spoon feedy. But yeah, yeah. And that was the other thing is that they had told Flanagan that these scenes wouldn't work unless they had flashbacks. And that's why he said he's like, Look, I did it on the cheap for the short film yeah, and it worked. I don't think we need flashback. I get why they would say that to try to break up the mm-hmm. exposition, but it's I, not necessary. Yeah. We have an attention span. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not according I mean, it's not to great. <laughs> <laughs> but we do but have we one. have one that's all that we that's all that counts right <laughs> this is when tim tries to stop her but she continues to 2002 he does interrupt here explaining the difference between causation and correlation in 2001 they got a new couch but the same year their grandfather had a heart attack his friend was hit by a car and their cat ran away so how much of this was the couch's fault Okay, so he's making skeptics look real bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's when I was like, Tim, 
shut yeah. the fuck up. I, I, I thought the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. You're not. No, <laughs> because not helping. she has documented evidence tied yeah. directly to the mirror. Yeah. The, the couch. The couch is yeah. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, stop. I will say that I did read in the production notes that Flanagan and Howard had said that they had wanted to create almost a Mulder Scully dynamic. Yeah. All right. Or for our modern listener, a Ryan and Shane dynamic. <laughs> right. I was going to say yeah. a Renee and Travis dynamic. Yeah, yeah either way. <laughs> either way. Or for our specific listeners. <laughs> but I think that it works well and it gives a little more t- like runtime. Right. Yeah. Instead of just one dude telling the story. Yeah. Well, he had said that he wanted Tim's kind of the voice of every person watching uh-huh. being like okay well blah 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 like he's he's the surrogate naysayer or mm-hmm. whatever i feel like his arguments could be better <laughs> yeah <laughs> he is kind of caught off guard so give him that is give true. Him a like, little slack. we're just eating burgers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but kaylee doesn't even dignify this with the response besides wanting to get back to her presentation and tim's like yeah go ahead she says in 2002, the Lasser glass was in the home office of Alan Russell. Within two weeks of having the glass, Marie Russell suffered a psychological breakdown and is tortured and murdered in her home. She holds up police photos of her mother's bloody body. Tim asks who murdered her. And when Kaylee doesn't answer, he answers for her, her husband. He continues the story. She was murdered by her husband. And then her husband was murdered by her son right in front of her daughter, Kaylee. God damn. Yeah. Kaylee turns back to the camera and says that she's going to prove that none of the people she just outlined were responsible for their own actions. Alan Russell was a victim, not a murderer, a victim of the force inside the mirror. Tim asks why they don't just end it and smash the mirror. And she looks at him in wonder, saying he really doesn't remember. We get a flash of them as kids beating against the mirror with golf clubs as hard as they can and screaming. And when we come back to the present, Kaylee's like, go ahead and smash it. She's like, you remember that scene? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you see what we just saw? <laughs> Tim removes the sheet off of it and stares at his own reflection. He picks up a stool to smash it and says that when people don't process what happened to them, the mind creates protections to help them cope. Then the mind will take any information and force it to support that narrative. He turns to her and asks how many records she had to go through to find 12 or 13 that supported her narrative. 12 or 13 is a lot. Yes. (laughs) In all fairness. And another thing I will say is that his argument here actually has a basis. It does. In like psychology. He's still wrong. He is though. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the correlation causation thing. Even that is a great argument. It is. But he's misapplying it. Yeah. Did you ever hear about that thing? It was like in the 80s where a bunch of houses burned down and they were all said to have had some kind of painting of a little boy in it. Yeah. But the reality of it was that was just a very popular painting. It was painting. mass produced. Yeah. yeah. It had nothing to do with That's that funny. evil child. Yeah. <laughs> the kid from Suspiria. But it was just a matter of a lot of people having this painting. This is different. It's one mirror. Right. Yeah. It's not like everybody has a mirror that looks like that. Yeah. I mean, Tim, buddy. Come on, come on Tim. <laughs> you're like, you're making this look bad. Yeah. But as he's talking, he sets the stool back down and Kaylee points out that he's not even trying to break it anymore. She says that Oliver Jeffries, a teacher in 1971, is the only documented person that tried to break it. The mirror was in a lecture hall and he ran at it with a fire poker one morning, screaming that it needed to be destroyed. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just imagining. Like, Teach. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when Homer ran at the thing with the parasol? <laughs> That's all I'm thinking. Of. I'm a child. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
but he never actually hit the mirror. Students reported that he stood staring at it for over a minute before leaving and walking straight into traffic. She holds up a photo of his mangled body twisted up with the wrecked car. She tells Tim that it's capable of defending itself. It even disarmed him. He's like, look, I didn't break it because I don't want to, I want to get you in trouble. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> don't move the goalpost now. Yeah. <laughs> but he also says that her delusion is not his to break. She has to do it herself. Kaylee takes this opportunity to address the anchor on the ceiling. There's a timer that is not set to electricity. It's a kitchen timer that needs to be reset every 30 minutes. If it's not reset, the weight will come down and collide with where she's planning to set up the mirror, mm-hmm. smashing it. Right. And you see the wall's already taking some damage. Yeah. yeah no, she's she's practiced. Yeah. Not a bad plan. It's no. not. There's no electricity. It doesn't need to be turned on. Yeah. It just... The timer counts down and it slams into the wall. Kaylee sets it back up saying that it's going to be eager to defend itself because now they've got a loaded gun to its head. She even mimes the gun. Yeah. Just in case you don't know. I was like, what's that? Oh, Oh. gun. In all fairness, it sold the line and made her look really cool. (laughs) I'll allow it. But we go back to the past where Alan sits in his office typing on his computer without using his injured index finger. Fed up, he pulls the Band-Aid off and sets it on the mouse pad before typing again. But when he looks back down, the Band-Aid is still there on his finger and no longer set aside on the mouse pad. At that point, I'd just be like, oh, I need to go to bed. Yeah. I'm very tired. No, but he doesn't. No. (laughs) He tries to take it off again, but he can't. He takes a staple remover out of his desk and grabs onto the end of the Band-Aid with it, wrenching it to pull it off. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I'm already You're about to pass out. <laughs> but when he looks back down, the bandaid is gone and he's using the staple remover to rip the nail from his finger. So <laughs> I laughed because I know the mirror is like, Alan, you dumb bitch. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, like, first of all, I've worn a bandaid before. If I want it to come off, <laughs> all I have to do is sleep one night and it's in my sheets. Yeah. So take a shower. Yeah, you don't you don't need to yeah. do all this, man. But the fact that he did this, these hallucinations are so just and this film's earning its R rating, by the way. Oh my god. I was yeah. I was cringing. I was like wincing. Yeah. Why would you think to do that? Like I don't, I don't look at that staple, like the staple remover. No, and like let- you know what, I can take the bandaid off. The, <laughs> yeah. the adhesive uh, is not that strong. Yeah, and did it? But did it really happen, or was he just seeing shit? Like he really pulled the nail off. That's where I'm confused because the cut is strange. Yeah. Yes. I I just also want to uh, point out that this really. <laughs> supports the Mike Flanagan hates hands theory. (laughs) (laughs) Was it born here? It may have been. But whispering is heard from the mirror and Alan suddenly becomes very calm and just wraps another bandaid around his finger. I think that's when the mirror was saying what I said. (laughs) (laughs) You dumb bitch. (laughs) He then notices an open book set down on the floor in front of the mirror. Kaylee and Tim sit watching cartoons in the living room and Alan brings them into his office. He says that he was very clear with them about not playing in here. And Kaylee says that they don't. Tim even admits that he doesn't even like it in here. <laughs> He's like, this Your is office. fucking yeah. creepy. Dad. <laughs> 
Alan asks for an explanation as to what he's looking at then. There are dozens of books now laid out in the floor and stacked up against the wall. So in my confusion, again, he saw one book. Yes. Yeah. In that same area. And yeah. now it's like leading a trail. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do- shouldn't he know that? I, I don't know. I think he's already. Yeah. He's, the whispers. He's drank, yeah. He's drank the Flavor Aid. Yeah. <laughs> Alan is no longer with us. I appreciate Flavor Aid. <laughs> yes. Kool Aid is. Credit where credit yeah. is due. Maybe Kool Aid will sponsor us. <laughs> Kool Aid, we're that speaking the truth. Yeah. <laughs> But Alan tells them that he even hears them playing in here at night. He says that he knows the move was rough, but they're not going to be doing this anymore. And if they're the ones messing around with their mom's plants, they need to stop that too. He closes the door in their faces before they can even defend themselves. Yeah, what the fuck? I just don't... He's like, nah, get the fuck out. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sorry, but the books I get, that's a plausible thing. Right, right. And if you're poisoning your mom, like, what do you think that... (laughs) I, what kind of kids are you raising? No shit. No shit. I just don't get how he's coming to these conclusions. It's like, yeah, we're poisoning mom's plants. And then they will make her think dad's cheating. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's like your children are monsters. Yeah. Yeah. While they're in reality just quietly playing video games yeah. together. Playing laser tag and watching no cartoons. Yeah. That's all they've done. He's the most well-behaved kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But back in present day, Tim says that all the dead plants are evidence of a bad water supply because he remembers drinking water from a Brita filter. Okay. Britters, yeah. Brita sponsor us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody sponsor yeah, us. Yeah, Jesus Christ. We're just, we're just getting more and more desperate. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even our field. We don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we drink water. That is true. But Kaylee rattles off the victims that had dead plants in their bedrooms, classrooms, banks, etc., Tim points out that all the plants around the house are still alive. The, you just got here. Yeah. <laughs> How quick he's like, do you they think they didn't shit. immediately yeah. die. You're wrong. <laughs> Again, he's making us look bad, man. <laughs> Kaylee tells him to just give it time because it always grabs the lowest hanging fruit. And plants aren't the only variable. She whistles at the dog and we cut to her putting a sheet over it. Now back in its kennel and placed in front of the mirror. An alarm goes off and she tosses a water bottle at Tim to drink. He looks on the ground and sees the big dog that Kaylee saw wandering the halls earlier. Shouldn't he start to kind of be like, okay. Yeah. He's like, I'm just remembering hard. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was still, I was like, so you're using these plants and dog as bait? Yes. Yeah, she is. It's like when they would use the birds down in the mines. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, look, here's I, I will say the potential of what could happen to this dog mm. is terrible. Yes. But how can Tim say anything if something does happen to this dog? Yeah. She will have converted him completely. Oh, yeah. So He'd probably be like, look, we don't know that dog's medical history. <laughs> <laughs> that dog combusted. <laughs> Dogs just do that sometimes. Yeah. Are you a Causation, vet? correlation. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize you went to vet school in those 11 years. (laughs) (laughs) But we cut to young Tim and Kaylee outside and we learn that the dog that they've been seeing was their dog, Mason. They try to get him to get up and play fetch, but he just lies in the grass. In Alan's office, he and Marie argue about a gun that he bought. Like now is not the time to be. You've had a bandaid on your finger for for three weeks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> something's wrong so what what was the purpose he said about protection yeah well he tells her that he got it for her peace of mind because she says she saw someone down here 
Hmm. But she says that a gun doesn't make her feel safer. It does the opposite. Alan promises to lock it up, unloaded, tossing in the shade that that'll be real helpful in case of an emergency. That mirror is getting into your mind. Uh, <laughs> well, well, Marie, frustrated, turns to leave, but stops when he says, grotesque cow. See, this is... This is the kind of insult that only an antique mirror would come yeah. up with. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was going to say, that's like the fucking meanest thing yeah, yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I don't think he said this. No, He's not like, at all. you scallywag. He's yeah. like, what? I thought the I same. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> so when she asked him, I believe him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you rap scout. <laughs> I was like, who says that? Yeah. But in complete shock, Marie slowly turns around and asks what he said. And he's like, I didn't say anything. She looks at her reflection in the mirror where she looks rough and haggard before leaving the room. So again, reflecting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Grotesque cow. Like, come on, man. <laughs> It's the word grotesque. Yeah. I don't know. That's like, wow. I mean, all the, the ornate border of that mirror came up with that. Yeah. <laughs> that night, Marie wakes up to the sound of Mason's barking. She switches on her lamp and finds that she's alone in the bed. She heads downstairs and finds Mason barking at the closed door of Alan's office. She reaches out to the dog and Mason bites her hand before running away. He's like, bitch, don't go in there. <laughs> She calls out to her husband and tries to open the door, but it's locked. He yells at her that he's working, but she can hear whispers when she presses her ear to the door. He yanks it open and she asks who he was talking to. Alan doesn't answer her at all. No. Yeah. She asks if he was going to do something about the barking and he still says nothing. She tells him that something's wrong with the dog. He bit her. And Alan finally is like, well, are you okay? <laughs> did they even like each other? <laughs> they I did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They the, used to like a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> was this whenever because she's at the door at first and he's like, I'm working, right? Yeah. I'm like that mirror lady better not be. Yeah. <laughs> well, th then you hear whispering. Yeah. That's exactly what I would think. I just but then see, it's at this point where the supernatural stuff is taking over so quickly. Yeah. That we communication. Yeah, no, it's key is key. It's key. <laughs> That's all I you mean, got. Yeah, well, my thing is that he's snapping at her. She's she's snapping at him for good reason because she did just get her hand bit by a dog. Yeah, she did. Again, Mike Flanagan hates hands. <laughs> but I feel like if she were just to say, "Look, I heard whispering two seconds ago," but instead she's like, "A dog bit me." Yeah. <laughs> well, she did say, "Who are you talking to?" Yeah, but he and didn't like, respond to that. Yeah, yeah he's like, <laughs> yeah, just staring at the wall. Dot dot dot. He's staring like Jack Torrance. Like, yeah. <laughs> But she says that she is okay, but that he's just lost in his own world in here. He starts to yell at her, saying that he's not. The yelling wakes up Kaylee, who lies in her bed and listens to them argue. The next morning, she and Tim look down at Alan from the second floor as he leaves with his golf bag. He tells them that he has a golf meeting with a client and they need to promise to stay out of his office while he's gone. That's, that's his parting <laughs> message. Not hope you guys have a good day. Right? They both agree and he does tell them that he loves them and then leaves. But Marie stands nervously in the hallway, having heard the whole exchange. Later, she scrubs the rug in the living room as the kids play outside and Mason continues to bark at the office door fed up she tells him that if he wants to go in there so bad he can go in there and shit on alan's carpet 
Well, she's scrubbing shit yeah. out of the gu- Yeah, but I mean... I'd be like, go wreck that fucking office, <laughs> And find a lady, I think, is yeah. <laughs> And bite her. And bite her hand. <laughs> go nuts. I'm your mother. <laughs> <laughs> so she opens the door, the dog runs inside, and she closes it behind him. Before she can even return to her work on the rug, Mason starts whimpering. She starts to open the door, but then she doesn't. That dog had buyer's remorse immediately. Like, no, 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 no. Help, yeah. help. <laughs> I fucked up. <laughs> we cut to Kaylee and Tim sitting in the hallway in front of the office. Tim asks why they can't just let Mason out, and Kaylee says that their mom told her that he's grounded. Alan comes home, and Marie immediately confronts him about Mason. She says he was acting so crazy that she locked him inside of Alan's office. Alan unlocks the door and goes inside, Kaylee and Tim following close behind him, but Mason isn't there. So again, why are we not treating this with the urgency it deserves? Break that mirror. (laughs) (laughs) Where else could he be? And he's already starting to go full asshole because she is telling him about very real problems the second he gets in the door. And he's like, a hello would have been nice. (laughs) I'm like, dude, (laughs) your family is in crisis. You've been out playing golf all day. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like the Amityville dad, but it was like, like, this is fast. Exactly. Where the fly is, that's what we know. (laughs) But back in present day, Tim tells her that she's remembering it wrong, but she promises that she's not. She reminds him of the other pets she mentioned during the presentation. None of them were ever found either. Tim tells her that at the end, Mason was throwing up and having accidents all over the house. He tells her that his therapist had him research Parvo, which checks all the boxes of Mason's symptoms. And infected stolen urine from Parvo can kill plants. We cut to the past where Mason is on the floor shuddering. Marie and Alan stand over him and Alan says that he'll take him to the vet tomorrow. The next day, Alan phones home to say that the news is bad and he doesn't think they're going to both be coming home. Kaylee and Tim come into the room and ask where Mason is and Marie's like, uh, he's grounded. Okay, so again, Tim is doing a lot of guesswork. Yeah. Because now he's fucking bringing up phone conversations yeah. he wasn't even a party to. <laughs> That's true. Like, so he doesn't know he's what was like, on. And, yeah. then, and then dad was probably like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, what part is actual fact? <laughs> <laughs> fucking your, your sister brought home a ton of facts, facts yeah. Yeah. research, photos. Right. You're like, and dad was probably like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's worthless. But back in present day, Kaylee asked Tim if he really remembers it that way because he's wrong. She saw Marie lock him in the office and she sat in that hallway all day. Nobody went in or out. That's when Tim's like, you ever heard of Fuzzy Trace Theory in psychology? (laughs) (laughs) He says he's the star of a psychiatric article about it. So he's pretty familiar with it. Yeah, we don't need your humble brag guy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of a big deal. The brain encodes information as fuzzy traces, a general meaning instead of an actual distinct memory. And adults are more likely to bind those fuzzy traces together into a false memory. Okay, and this is a real theory. Right. But that's what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't try to pass. I mean... But wouldn't it be so much easier if, like, Mason just got sick and, like, dad just was a bad person like wouldn't that be easier it's like in my fuzzy memory i I believe dad called mom (laughs) but kaylee tells him that this is bullshit and he reminds her that she saw marie put that dog in the office a lot 
before even their dad forbade anyone from going in there. He says those traces fused with her memory of the day in question. And Kaylee interrupts to tell him that she feels sorry for him. He's like, look, what's more likely that you're misremembering something that happened 11 years ago or that the mirror eats dogs? Right. I when you put it like that, I was like, don't say it like that. That's not fair. He pulls the cover off of dog's kennel and says that he's still here. Kaylee's like, just give it time. We cut to the past where Kaylee wakes up to the sound of her parents arguing. She opens the door to her room and listens from the doorway. Marie insists that she can hear Alan talking to someone, and Alan tells Marie that she's crazy. Across the hallway, Tim stands in his doorway, looking upset and also listening. They sneak downstairs and find Alan yelling at Marie for her assertions. Someone has broken in. Someone poisoned the water supply. He tells her that she has lost her mind. Marie turns with tears in her eyes and notices her children watching. We cut to Marie tucking Kaylee back into bed. She apologizes for waking her up and Kaylee asks if they're fighting because of the woman in his office. Marie looks at her with an expression of validation. Back in the present, Kaylee says that he has to remember the woman because she knows he saw her too. Tim says that he convinced himself that he saw a lot of things, but all they actually saw were their parents arguing in the middle of the night. He says that his mom heard voices, but it was probably just their dad talking on the phone. Come on. <laughs> He's like, dad's yeah. probably like. <laughs> <laughs> I bet dad said. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> An alarm blares and Kaylee shuts it off. She tells Tim that this doesn't explain the woman that she saw through the window when they were playing in the yard. Tim asks if their mom was home and Kaylee's like, mom was always home. Tim goes, are you sure about that? Because I'm not. You're not sure about a lot of things. Yeah. It's like, don't, I've had 11 years to fucking hyper fixate and obsess over this. Yeah. Yes. I know what I remember. In the past, Kaylee runs through the yard again. But this time, when she runs up against the window, Alan is inside kissing Marisol Chavez. When he sees his daughter, he lets go of Marisol and runs back to his desk. She stands behind him in the position that Kaylee saw them in originally, yeah. which isn't better. No. Like, no. wouldn't he be like, oh, hide in the, hide yeah. in the desk or whatever? You're still in the office. He's like, no, cuddle me. <laughs> <laughs> Massage my shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> Very weird. Yeah, I don't understand. And also, how bad at having an affair would he have to be? Really fucking bad. It's the middle of the day. Yeah, Everyone's home. Say, yes. What the fuck? Tim's theory just makes no sense. It's desperate and i it's like annoying but like you kind of can't blame him because this is a, a lot yeah and it directly goes against everything he's tried to instill in himself in the last 11 years but he, he just needs to stop yeah <laughs> but don't <laughs> yeah, do that can though. you not do it present day tim tells his sister that their father was having an affair Kaylee tries to dismiss this as she changes the batteries on one of the cameras, but Tim doesn't stop. It was a bad marriage and their father cheated and it drove their mother crazy. Then he snapped and killed her and he almost killed them too. Kaylee's like, oh yeah, a bad marriage explains how their mother had no hair, teeth, or sanity by the time she died. And a bad marriage also explains all those other people that they both saw in the house the night that Marie died. Tim's like, an affair completely explains the way that Alan was acting. Which, maybe. Uh, yeah. But Kaylee says that while Tim was being brainwashed in a mental health facility, she looked through everything. There was absolutely nothing that indicated an affair. Tim's like, he could have covered his tracks. 
Yeah. <laughs> no. First of all, he says he was smart enough not to leave a trail. Smart enough not to leave a trail. He's banging some lady in the middle of the day yeah. while everyone's home. In your With the like, shades open. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're telling two completely different yeah. stories, dude. Well, she, and then uh, she, like you said, she's had all that time to check yes. everything. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's had help. He's been somewhere. She's just there like, look, I'm going to gather all this shit I yeah, can do. Yeah, absolutely. And do you really think that she wouldn't have entertained that that could be a possibility? Right. That she wouldn't have checked that out? Yeah, that's why she interviewed those guys. Yeah. His friends. And I do apologize. He, he wasn't banging her. He was... <laughs> they were kissing. They were, they were very politely smooching. They were right. smooching. <laughs> It's much sweeter than I made it out to be. <laughs> Banging her. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just got heated because Tim is just really. Tim, yeah. shut up. Yeah. But dog starts barking under the sheet and Kaylee yells at him to be quiet and the dog shuts up. I'm just calling him dog. Well, that's his name. She says that her father showed all the signs of having an affair and maybe he was seduced, but it's a matter of what seduced him. See again, this mirror is starting to yeah. sound yeah. pretty good. <laughs> You're right. like, and I can, what auction is this at right now? <laughs> 16,000? <laughs> Dog starts to whimper again, and Kaylee says that things have already started happening while they're standing here arguing with each other. The temperature in the room has risen three degrees, and that could be their hot yelling breath, though. But, <laughs> but no, I'm sure it's supernatural. Hmm. Tim says that there are two added people in the room. There's lights burning and electrical equipment. She implores him to check if the phone lines are down. He picks one up and there's a dial tone. Tim hangs up the phone and says that she can get past this because he did himself. She doesn't need to redeem the family name for either of their parents. She only needs to do it for herself. She snidely tells him that they did a bang up job in that place. He was completely normal when he was locked up, but had to be driven batshit crazy to be let out. I think that's a great line. It yeah. Is. Dog begins to whimper and yelp, and Kaylee turns to the covered kennel, yelling at Mason to quit his goddamn whining. And that makes her look very bad. Yeah. It really does. And I, there was something so powerful in that because I feel like in another film she'd be like, oh, I mean, but she, yeah. just, she doesn't even realize yeah. that she did that. No, because stuff's already, you yeah. know. Yeah. And in all fairness, he saw Mason too. Didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he did, but we're not talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, I'm definitely not telling her I saw that. <laughs> but this is the line for Tim. He says he refuses to stand here and watch her torture the poor dog. They fight with the sheet in the kennel, but Tim wins. He sets the dog free, and although Kaylee yells at him to wait and stop, when the dog scratches at the patio doors, Tim lets it out. He tells her that nothing she said would happen tonight has happened. The plants are still alive. The mirror is still just a mirror. And the only threat to that dog was her. Man, I'm glad he let that dog out. I know. Like, please. The whole time I was like, don't feed the dog to me. <laughs> like, I, please. I read that they went back and forth about the fate of the dogs. Yeah. People get more upset about animals dying right. than humans uh -huh. and so they were like we'll just leave it no dog dies on screen yeah. yes so mason's death slash disappearance is right. left in the air right. and dog made it out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he softens and tells her that none of this was her fault just like it wasn't his fault but he got help when she was left all alone he says these problems run in their family and she has nothing to be ashamed of. But she just stares at him with tears in her eyes before turning her back to him. He proposes that they just leave and she breaks down in tears. He says they can go somewhere else and talk about moving forward. She finally turns around and asks where they can go. It's like a very sweet moment because mm -hmm. Tim 
has been fucking wrong yeah. and wrong and wrong and wrong. But you understand why he's saying the things he says. And here you can tell he loves her and he just wants her to get better. Right. It's at that moment that I did feel bad for cursing him out of my head so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he almost feels guilty that he was able to get help and yeah. move forward and she couldn't i mean she didn't have the opportunity to mm-hmm. yeah i will say though after like these little seeds have been planted about how evil this mirror is right whenever she started crying and then she starts to kind of be on his side a little yeah. bit i felt very uneasy i was like something bad is about yeah. To happen. yeah i think that we're supposed to be like fuck maybe maybe tim's right or maybe there wasn't anything supernatural i feel like him saying like nothing that you said was gonna happen has happened yeah that had to have hit home. yeah but then i saw how much runtime we had left yeah like, no she's right no she's yeah that's haunted as fuck yeah. <laughs> but tim tells her that they can turn off the cameras and disarm the anchor and they can go anywhere she wants they can go talk to michael because they both know he'll want to help her she agrees and slowly walks back into the office, but she stops dead in her tracks, staring into the room in horror. Finally, she says, there it is. Tim joins her in the room, and now the plants sitting next to the cameras are dead. And the cameras that were both pointing at the mirror moments ago are now pointed at each other. So, I again, it kind of made me laugh a little bit because... He killed the plants. Mm-hmm. I know why I said the mirror is he. he. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Tim? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, I think it's because you said, there it is. And I thought of Cool Cat. And I was like, there he <laughs> is. <laughs> and then now the mirror is a he now. Not Cool Cat. Yeah, I know. The mirror isn't it. Uh, it killed the plants, which is part of its thing that it always does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then the fact of making the cameras kiss like that. Kiss? I, <laughs> it put me in the mind of death and final destination where it kind of is covering its tracks a little bit. Yeah. Like it does not want to be taped. Yeah. Right. Which only worries me even more because it's like doing all this stuff, but it wants it to be in the background. Yeah. I don't just seeing the visual of them turned kissing yeah. basically yeah. was chilling yes because we know damn well no. that's not how it was it's almost like it it wants to be able to continue and having evidence of what it does as it does it, it goes against yeah. yeah terrifying she goes through some emotions here she does yes but i mean the plants are dead now it's like look look that's I'm, proof yeah. it's proof and it does make me laugh because she's like yes yes yeah. yes <laughs> <laughs> she gives a triumphant ha and yeah. she's chanting yes <laughs> But as Tim stares, rendered speechless in his horror, Kaylee snaps into action. She turns one of the cameras to her as she gets on the laptop and announces that she's reviewing the footage from the last few minutes. In the footage, they argue about their parents' alleged bad marriage, but they're helping each other set up the cameras to face each other. The once heated argument is heated in their voices only and their faces look calm. Yeah. Kaylee asked him if he remembers doing that and he doesn't answer, but that's answer enough. She says the temperature has risen another two degrees. It's 78 degrees in here now and the alarms did not go off. She surmises that the dog did provide enough energy to bait the shark. So it's powered by dog meat, much like Michael Michael Myers. Myers. (laughs) (laughs) Does that count as a Halloween reference? Sure. It's an homage. Wow. I love it. (laughs) Tim grabs his phone to call his doctor, but Kaylee's like, wait. She tells him to do it outside of the mirror's radius of influence or else he can't be sure who he's talking to. That would scare the shit out of me. Yeah, it it just gets eerier and eerier from here. Yeah. As if on cue, 
Kaylee's phone rings and it's Michael. She talks to him briefly, thanking him and saying that everything's fine and she'll talk to him in an hour. She hangs up and looks at her brother, remarking that it's a 50-50 chance that that was even Michael. Horrifying. Yeah. And she just accepts it. She's like, no, I know. Like, I know what what it can do. That just shows how prepared she is. Yeah. Yeah. She says that they need to get out of the room for a while. In the living room, Kaylee holds a handheld camera and says the glass must have gotten more from the dog than she realized. Judging from which plant has died and which hasn't, Kaylee guesses the radius of influence at about 30 feet. The kitchen, laundry room, garage, master bedroom, and the yards are all safe, but they don't know for how long. Tim rushes off. He goes to the yard to try to call his doctor, seemingly in the middle of a panic attack, understandably. Yes. But his phone tells him that his call can't be completed as dialed. He paces in front of the house until Kaylee calls his name and suddenly he's standing up. He's still inside. Man, <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, my I, God. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, that coming to that realization. I what do you mean? I never went outside. Yeah. He asks when he came back in and Kaylee's like, you never left. Yeah. She says <laughs> that he walked to the door and sat down. She raises the camera and asks him to document that he thought he was outside, but he's not able to. It's like, Kaylee, chill. Yeah. <laughs> what are you, Heather Donahue? Yeah. <laughs> That's your motivation. Yeah. <laughs> he's going through it. Give him a give him a chance. Yeah. yeah. I think this is where the real horror lies, is not even being able to trust your own eyes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or actions. Nothing. Like, And that's, I think you've created a monster that is it, seemingly unbeatable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But Kaylee gives up and says that she knows that they'll win because he's here with her. Tim's memories take us back to the past where he and his sister sit on the couch playing games. They go to investigate a sound and find their mother standing in Alan's office. She's running the vacuum, but she isn't vacuuming. She stands transfixed, staring into the mirror in a daze with her arm twisted behind her, holding on to the whirring vacuum. For dinner, the kids have soup and burnt toast and Marie has wine. She pours herself another glass and they ask when their father is coming home. Marie slams the bottle back down, admitting that she doesn't know where he is, only where he says he is. See, the seed has been planted. Yeah, Yeah. I got mom. Yeah. Yeah. She turns to Kaylee and asks her to tell her more about the woman she saw in Alan's office. Kaylee says that she hasn't seen her, but after a moment of silence, Tim admits that he has. Marie's attention turns to him and Kaylee mouths at her brother to shut up, but he continues as Marie starts to cry. She asks him when and he says last night, but she wasn't in Alan's office. She was on the stairs. Marie asks what she was doing and Tim admits that he was too scared to even look, but that she went back into the office. He thinks that she lives there. She lives there. Yeah. Isn't it clear we're talking about a ghost now? Yeah. Yeah. Like your husband is yeah. faithful. <laughs> <laughs> you have a much bigger problem. Yeah, yeah. no shit. I wish yeah. he was just cheating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no shit. <laughs> Marie stands with her back to her children and tells them to go upstairs and play. She goes into Alan's office and sits down at his desk. There's a stack of papers and on the top one, the name Marisol is written on the bottom with a small heart. <laughs> What are you in high school? (laughs) (laughs) It's M plus A or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Equals heart. (laughs) Marie goes through the papers and finds one where Marisol is written over and over and over again. She closes her eyes in realization and begins to cry. I can't imagine finding that and how bad that would hurt. I but you were they were just talking about her like she's a ghost. She's a ghost. 
Yeah. Yeah, but it's I don't know. I I mean, yes, obviously, and and of course, but I think like if you're logically like, oh, my husband's having an affair, maybe she's she hides in the office when we come home or i mean i don't know but, if you're well uh, two things though because on one side it is like well i am just fresh off the back of being called a grotesque cat yeah. <laughs> so i am feeling very insecure yes. but at the same time tim they 10 years old is old enough to not be like i think she lives there yeah and you're a child and you're like oh that's just child speak. okay honey yeah, yeah no you're old enough to know that people can't live in a <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, so I would take him at his word. No, I'd be like, yeah. It's a ghost. Not only that, he was like, she's on the stairs. Yeah. And that was fucking terrifying. Okay. Yeah, I was too scared. Yeah, yeah, I was too scared. Yeah. No, I've no. seen her. Yeah. No, listen, I, you guys know how I am. I'd be no, like, yeah. we're fucking haunted. Yeah. I'm trying to, to think what a rational woman would no, I, <laughs> if we're a stretch for me. <laughs> in the real world. <laughs> So she's crying because she's like, fuck, we got ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> that would be me. Yeah, yeah that's Nay's that's story. That's me. But I just feel like if you think your husband's having an affair, oh, it yeah. would hurt to see him writing her name like a fucking 13-year-old. Yeah. Of course it would. Like, it's this... It, that's very sad. And her reaction to it was very sad. But in a moment of rage, she stands and knocks stuff off of Alan's desk. She picks everything back up, a container with pens, a family photo with the glass now shattered. Enraged again, she throws a pen at the mirror, but it hits the wall. And suddenly the mirror growls. You felt the air like flexing. (laughs) (laughs) Darkness radiates from it and seems to hit Marie. She stands gasping in horror as she looks at her own reflection, which just looks back at her calmly. Marie sobs as whispers echo out and Mira Marie unbuttons the dress over her stomach. Her small C-section scar is now wider, angry, and seeping. Mira Marie looks up with a grin and inhuman glowing eyes. The eyes have it, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That might be one of the my favorite visual things about this film. Yeah. As it continues. Yeah. Upstairs, the kids hear Marie screaming. They run into Alan's office and find her standing close to the mirror with her back to the door, messing with her dress while she screams and sobs. And the sounds that she's making are horrifying. Kaylee calls after her, but Tim walks into the room. Marie quiets immediately and slowly turns around. Her face strains as she grabs Tim's throat and begins to fucking choke him. I don't think I've been more shocked. No! (laughs) No! It's like, I, dude, I was just telling you about the lady. Yeah. <laughs> it's not my fault. <laughs> Dad's the monster. Save this. Yes, It'll be we, home soon. We all want to, Mom. Yes. But we don't you harm the children. <laughs> Kaylee's able to pull Tim away, and Marie trips over a phone cord and fucking eats it. Mm-hmm. The kids run upstairs, but Marie is right behind them. They're barely able to slam the door in her face, but she continues to bang on it with both hands. It's then that Alan comes home and approaches her. She turns around, her forehead bleeding from when she fell. She approaches him with a sinister look on her face and grabs him. The two begin to struggle and Alan is finally able to subdue her, wrapping his arm around her neck and pulling her down to the floor. He holds her there until she stops struggling and passes out. First of all, I think she must have already been exhaling or something. It was, <laughs> that was very quick. Very quick. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad WWE wasn't involved. Like, yeah. Can you put her in the camel clutch? Yeah. <laughs> Flanagan's like, mm, yeah, that's not that's I don't know about this. <laughs> this partnership is right. a little problematic, I'd say. But. <laughs> 
Kaylee comes out into the hallway sobbing and Alan tells her that Marie is going to be fine, that she just needs to go to her room and stay there. Alan tries to call for an ambulance, but the lights dim and whispering comes through the other end of the phone. Again, at what point yeah. are you like, okay, something weird is happening? Right. <laughs> I don't think he's capable of thinking rationally with uh, the time that he's spent yeah. <laughs> next to the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's fucked. Yeah, I think he's gone. So these poor children. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's all I'm thinking. Yes. So Alan just hangs up and pushes Marie off of him before dragging her out of sight. Later, Kaylee pokes her head into the hallway to ask if mommy is okay. Alan is coming back up the stairs with chains in one hand and a hammer in the other. He sternly tells her to go to bed and continues down the hall. She goes back into her room where Tim sits on the floor sobbing. Older Kaylee's voice calls him and brings him back to the present where he hears young Kaylee yell at him to snap out of it. The way that things are becoming so muddy now Mm -hmm. where it's like the past and the present are happening at the same time. I think that was one thing because it kind of seemed like they were very separated earlier. And then it gets to a point in the film where it's just... It's all simultaneous. Like It gets more and more blended and confusing Mm -hmm. as it goes on. And I I live for that shit. I love it. It is fantastic. But in the present now, an alarm goes off and we cut to Kaylee in the room setting the cameras back up. Tim watches from the doorway as she turns the laptops back on, but the laptops show Kaylee walking straight toward the camera instead of doing what she's actually doing. This is a problem. Oh, yeah. Yes. Is it like scream? Is like 30 second delay? (laughs) 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 One of the sconces on the wall winks out and Tim is sent back to the past where the sconce does the same thing. He and Kaylee stand in front of Alan, who leans against his desk in his office. As he wraps a fresh Band-Aid around his finger, he tells them that Marie is very sick. He's just committed to the Band-Aid. Yes, yes. She's going to get better if she gets rest. So he tells his children, we don't want you bothering her. Kaylee asks, we? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no shit. I laughed. Alan's like, look, your mirror and I, (laughs) (laughs) we think it would be best. But he doesn't give any response whatsoever, only tells them to stay completely clear of their mother's room. Kaylee asks what she has. And again, Alan ignores her. He does tell them that they're allowed to play here in his office. But you just said Tim is taken aback by this and is like, you said we weren't allowed in here. The other sconce goes out and Tim is brought back to the present where it happens there, too. This light transition is so Flanagan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I loved seeing like the little growth. Like, yeah. I know what this leads to. For right. sure. You know? But back in the present, an alarm is blaring and Kaylee shuts it off and hands Tim an apple telling him to eat. She asks him for his help and we cut to Tim in the safe zone of the kitchen, changing the bulb on one of the spotlights as he eats his apple. She stands and stares at him and the light flares, sending Kaylee into a memory of the past. Young Tim stands where adult Tim just was, swaying on his feet. Kaylee calls out to him, pleading with him to snap out of it. Alan emotionlessly heads upstairs with a plate of food. Kaylee asks if that's for her mom, and again, he ignores her. Back in present day, the light that Tim just changed goes out, and he's gone. 
she calls out to him before taking (laughs) 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 what I'm quite sure is a fake bite of her apple (laughs) (laughs) before a lot of fake chewing that goes on for a really long (laughs) time. It's so exaggerated. I was just watching in awe. Yeah. It's like, is this how applesauce is made? (laughs) (laughs) Like, like it's unbelievable. (laughs) Yes, and Karen Gillan's mouth. (laughs) That's how applesauce is made. That's impressive. It was... uh, very fucking funny yeah. I, don't, I was like i need to rewind it and see what she's doing because i was only staring at her mouth yeah. and it was just a nibble dude it wasn't <laughs> it yeah was a very it, wasn't small bite. it was uh fantastic but <laughs> she removes the bulb and replaces it but that one shines for just a moment before dying she unscrews it and sets it on the counter right next to her apple and changes the bulb again this one stays lit and she reaches over for her apple before walking away with her back to us, Kaylee takes a bite and we hear glass breaking as it clatters onto the floor. This was so effective for me. Yeah. Yes. Because all it took was the sound and you knew fucking exactly what happened. Oh, yeah. I think it was, it's just a matter of, be, of it being so well crafted. When you get the shot of the light bulb next to the apple, mm-hmm. I'm like, please, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh- Oh, I mean, if I know we've seen it, so I already kind of knew it was go- coming, but I was just like, you dump it. <laughs> it like, oh. sucks, man. Well, why did you put the light bulb next to the apple? I, put it in the box. An apple-sized light bulb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we know she chews very vigorously. Yeah. <laughs> so this is going to be really bad. <laughs> She's not going to choke today. Yeah. No. <laughs> Kaylee slowly pulls the light bulb away from her face and sprays it with the blood from her mouth horrified she pulls a giant glass shard out of her bleeding mouth tim calls her and she turns to him terrified and bleeding but when we cut back to her she's holding the apple the glass shard is replaced by a piece of apple and she's no longer bleeding she looks over at the counter and the light bulb is still there she's like maybe we should stay together uh yeah now you win let's go (laughs) yeah now now let's go that's it what's the radius of influence (laughs) (laughs) let's get out of that you can take the house when she's like wiping her mouth, Tim's like, what the fuck is yeah. wrong with you? <laughs> well, the funny thing is when she wiped her mouth, she was still holding that piece of apple. Yeah. I thought she was shoving it in. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, we need to eat. <laughs> but the shot of her eyes, the realization. Yeah. Of, oh, my God. Like, it is so well done. And you're there the whole time as she's pulling mm-hmm. out. Yes. Oh, yeah. uh, it is. It's a lot. It's horrible, but it is perfect. I feel like the gore in this is so sparse and well placed yes that it is so impactful when we see a fucking fingernail being wrenched off yeah or her eating a the glass apple <laughs> or what like it is just it got me and yeah. i've seen yeah. much gorier shit than this yeah but i'm like oh no <laughs> like you feel it it's just down to the way that it's shot yes but kaylee walks away and tim stays there we see that he's staring at his younger self watching cartoons Young Tim watches until the channel gives way to static. He flips through, but it's the same on every station. There was some subliminal shit in there. Yeah. I could not tell. I, it yeah. looked like adult Kaylee. Huh. Really? Which, yeah, it only makes it weirder and scary. You know what it almost looked like? It almost looked like what you saw whenever it was the wrong thing that was being shown on the monitor. Oh, oh. she was walking towards yeah. the camera? I got goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. Right. I was like, why are you seeing yeah. that? That's uh, pretty fucking creepy. Yeah. But Kaylee walks over and they hear a lot of banging sounds upstairs. Tim says that he's hungry, but when they go to the fridge, there's nothing there to eat. 
Kaylee fucking busts into Alan's office, demanding that he go grocery shopping. Alan is just sitting at his desk, staring at the mirror. He asks, what's that princess? She tells him that they need food. And he says that it's on his list. She says that the TV went out and he says again, what's that princess? She says that they need a doctor for their mother. And again, he says, it's on my list. You are no help. Yeah. No, he's like, you pull the string and it's just <laughs> yeah. the same shit over and over. Kaylee Grotesque like, cow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that, please. No. <laughs> <laughs> Kaylee looks over at the mirror before storming off. Now alone in his office, Alan sits smiling at the glass as the whispers echo out. Kaylee heads upstairs where their mother has been staying. Tim tries to remind her what their father said, but Kaylee says she doesn't care. She takes a deep breath and starts down the hallway toward her mother's room. Gathering her strength, she opens the door. In the bed are crumpled blankets and sheets, but it's empty. There are dirty clothes strewn all over the floor. Kaylee calls out to Marie, but receives no answer and ventures into the room. Once she gets to the bed, she sees the broken plate on the floor with what looks like streaks of blood around it. I am going to back out now. Yeah. Yeah. Slowly, she leans down to inspect it, and that's when Marie makes her presence known. She reaches out for Kaylee, and we see that she's chained to the wall with the chain wrapped around her neck. This scared the shit out of me. Absolutely. I was like leaning down with Kaylee. I was like, what, what the fuck is going on? You were peeking around the bed. I was. Yeah. That's, it scared the shit out of me. And the way that her face looks. Yes. Oh, yeah. And this is the chain that Tim saw that he was flashing back right. to earlier. Yes. And this is honestly the exact last thing that I suspected we would see. Yes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I had heard so much shit had happened. I forgot about the chain by yeah. this point. Yeah. I think that was by design. Yeah. And very well done. It, it's appalling. But Marie doesn't speak words. She only groans and her mouth is covered in blood. She claws at the chain around her neck and there's blood smeared all over the wall. Kaylee fucking runs. Whenever all, he's treating her like a zombie relative, like it is, I was like, yeah. is Alan the governor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, holy shit. That's the only explanation. Yeah, because yeah. otherwise this is really wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Back in Alan's office, she yells at him. She says that he told them she was sick, but she's not okay and she needs a doctor now. Alan finally breaks from his trance and yells at his daughter for not listening to him. She starts to sob and he reminds her that he told her not to go into their bedroom, but she disobeyed him. He lowers his voice to tell Kaylee that she and her snot-nosed little brother are both grounded. Tim's like, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> yeah, no I told shit. her not to go. Yeah, like, I was playing my fucking PSP or whatever. No <laughs> whatever was out at the time. <laughs> <laughs> but he tells them that they're both grounded and are not allowed to step foot outside this house. He tells them to leave and just turns back to the mirror. Kaylee looks over at his golf clubs, glances at the mirror, and then leaves. In the kitchen, Kaylee ends a phone call as she stands in front of the yellow pages open to doctor's offices. Tim asks what the doctor said, and she pauses before telling him that the doctor just said to have their father call. Tim remarks, just like the last one. And Kaylee agrees, even saying that they had the same voice. We're done. Yeah. That's so fucking yeah. scary. Again, this is very 1408. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. We cut to Kaylee glancing around nervously as she walks up a driveway. When the door opens, it's Alan, and we see that Kaylee is standing next to their neighbor, Bob, played by Bob Gerbert. Kaylee and Tim stand upstairs and listen as Alan explains to Bob that he's so sorry Kaylee did this, but she's been using her mother's illness as an excuse to act out. I want to point out how rough 
Alan looks in this scene. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, they filmed all of this out of order. Really? I saw an yeah, I saw an interview with Mike Flanagan talking about how difficult it is to film or to have the film be out of sequence and then to film that out of sequence film out of sequence that it was very difficult. And the actor said that he was like, okay, so this is how scared you need to be. This is what's happened before now, but whatever. Dude, continuity is hard enough. Oh yeah. yeah. But when Rory Cochran was showed up for his first day of filming, Mm -hmm. it was this and he had the flu. Oh, so him looking all like pasty and clammy. Right. It fucking works yeah. like because we're at this point where he is not well. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was really interesting that it's like, no, 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 that's great. No, like, absolutely. Yeah. Please feel like shit. Look like <laughs> shit. That's, we'll use it. It's great. I appreciate that she went and got help, but not from this guy. I Man, know. I he know. Didn't, like, he didn't seem like he gave a shit at all. He no. was just like, I, I, you know, they said you needed help, but it looks like everything's fine. Yeah. It doesn't look like everything's fine. You didn't fine. even come inside. Yeah. No. Well, and not he only looks that, very scary. Yeah. Uh, yes. well, not only that why would this little girl make that up why wouldn't you be like hey look man i know we know each other or whatever but do you mind if i come in and i can lay eyes on exactly. your wife to make sure everything's fine you yeah know, no disrespect but if nothing's wrong then, yeah. Nothing's, yeah, wrong. then yeah. nothing's wrong i'll apologize and leave but your daughter seems pretty shaken up, up about yeah. this he needs lessons in being a good neighbor being yeah. a good human I think. Yeah. No, yeah. even if you're if, if you're uncomfortable or scared maybe call the police like do yeah. something oh no, yeah it's like i'll take your terrifying word for yeah. it Nine one one. but yeah alan just says that she's been using marie's illness to act out and bob's just like wait till she starts driving it's like okay don't give yeah, me well, this them, them girls huh it's like Bullshit. no shut the fuck like, up uh, dude dad small talk yeah, yeah no but he apologizes for bothering him and says that he hopes Marie gets better soon. As he's talking, we pan over and see that Alan's hand is pressed to the wall. All of his nails are gone and his hand is covered in blood. Peek around the corner. <laughs> just Bob. a little peek. Yeah. <laughs> just a little peek. Yeah, just come on. You can't smell that rust. <laughs> <laughs> Alan coolly tells Bob to give him a call next week for golf in the two part ways. As Alan comes back inside, he looks up at Kaylee before walking into his office and closing the door. Kaylee grabs her brother's hand and tells him that they're going to have to get really, really brave. I thought he was going to go up there and act a fucking fool. I was very afraid. It's like, oh, I got a flight. (laughs) (laughs) He just went back in the office. (laughs) I do appreciate how fucking hard Kaylee is trying. She's doing everything she can. And with that hand, he will not be playing golf again. No. (laughs) No, (laughs) That invitation is just, (laughs) you just crumble that up. (laughs) But Tim watches this memory before coming back to the present. Back in the office, the timer attached to the anchor is inching its way to zero, but Kaylee stands in front of the mirror with her eyes closed. Her eyes flutter open and she looks around for a moment before realizing where she is. She looks up at the anchor and runs to set the timer back over. She gives the glass its props, calling it very clever before calling out to Tim. So do you think that they're actually like competing against this mirror or do you think that the mirror is just toying with them? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. We know what the mirror can do. Yeah. And I think it's just ramping up. Yeah. It's like waking up. Man, that is unnecessary. 
One of the alarms buzzes, and instead of resetting it, Kaylee throws it to the ground, breaking it. There's been a couple times now that the alarms have gone off, and she just turns them off. Yeah. When she was very meticulously, this one means apple, this one yeah, means water, yeah. whatever. So she's just like, whatever. we're kind of losing control yeah. at this point. The electricity crackles, and Tim is upstairs, watching himself as a child shoot at the laser tag vest propped up in his room. That's why he was so good earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Got to put the work in. You perform how you practice. (laughs) Young Tim looks back at him, but is distracted by the crackling electricity. When he looks back in his doorway, present-day Tim is gone. We stay with young Tim as he cranes his neck looking into the hallway. He stands at the top of the stairs and calls out to Kaylee. But it's present day Kaylee who announces that they've lost electricity. We're just like going back and forth. She sets up battery operated lanterns and when she sees a dead plant, she kicks it against the wall. She sets up more lanterns and heads upstairs, passing young Tim who is heading down. She sets up multiple lanterns on the second floor, but when she turns on one of them, she sees the broken plate that was on her mother's floor. She picks up a piece and smirks at it. It's not real. Young Tim, armed with his laser gun and vest, opens the door to his father's office. He asks if he can fix the lights, but Alan just sits at his desk in the dark. Marisol Chavez, now ghoulish with glowing eyes, stands behind him, but immediately appears in the doorway right in front of Tim, holding on to the door. I would like to remind you I watched this at 1 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Dude. <laughs> this shit is scary. Fucking doofus. Like, what was I even doing? Tim screams and falls backwards as Marisol smiles at him. He runs back up to his room and locks the door where present day Tim stands watching it all play out. Present day Kaylee runs back downstairs and stops when she steps on something. It's more of the broken pieces that she ignored in her mother's old room. The ground is covered in this broken plate and she picks up a piece. She takes out her phone and looks at the floor through the camera and there's absolutely nothing there. So at least we have a workaround. Yeah. She remarks, nice tricks, before turning around and coming face to face with her mother. Marie is dead, her eyes white and her teeth pulled out. Instinctively, Kaylee drives the shard that she's holding in her hand into her mother's neck and her mother croaks out her name. Only it's not Marie's voice. When Kaylee looks again, she's just stabbed her fiance, Michael. I was so mad. Yeah, <laughs> it's so unfair. <laughs> yeah. But what the fuck are you doing here? She didn't answer him. Mm. oh yeah you know where this house is man yeah (laughs) i don't i just don't like that he's here at all he falls to the ground and tim comes downstairs just in time to see michael slump against the wall and die kaylee asks if he can see michael too and tim goes in closer to inspect using a lantern it is michael but kaylee's dropped phone begins to ring and when she picks it up it's michael checking in He's a little annoyed this time, and she tells him that she's fine, and he tells her he'll call again in an hour. Kaylee says that this is all a trick. She couldn't have killed Michael with the plate because the plate wasn't real, but Tim holds the bloody shard in his hand. I just don't know why she... There should have been ground rules before Yeah, with Michael, 
She should have fucking Walter White at him. Do not come. <laughs> <laughs> Don't but come. But that doesn't mean he's going to listen. He doesn't. She never told him what is at stake. He's got a fucking auction house to run. Yeah. There's <laughs> enough work to do. He is the son. Or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or so you claim. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is that there is no reason for him to be here. Right. He's checking on his fiance. Well, he should have checked in a less ghoulish way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's ghoulish? I don't know. He turned into her mother. <laughs> that was rude. Uh, yeah, don't do that. Don't ever do that. Now he knows. <laughs> Kaylee raises her phone and looks through the camera, and Michael does not disappear. He's still there. This brings it home for her, and she breaks down and sobs, asking what she's done. Tim pulls her away from Michael and leads her outside. In the yard, Kaylee drops to her knees and Tim calls an ambulance. Afterwards, he tries to assure his sister that they're okay, but she tries to go back inside for Michael. Did Michael break in? Like, I'm still trying. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he smashed or maybe the door was unlocked from when the dog was let out. I don't know. I just don't like him here, dude. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I keep derailing things. (laughs) but i don't like it did michael break in i'm just trying to make it make sense is all i'm sorry it's a very sad moment right right and shocking yeah i i i i get what you're saying but i feel like him showing up like she told him to i just i was like no no no. she told him to call the police she didn't tell him to show up okay okay then you're right no yeah Does that count as self-defense then? At this point, I don't know. That he just... Yeah, she... Nobody told you to come here! Yeah. (laughs) Please don't stab him. Yeah. Good Lord. Tim stops her and reminds her of the anchor and her foolproof plan. He says they can watch it die and help is on the way. This will all be over in less than half an hour. She seems to not realize that he called for help, but she finally looks convinced that everything will be okay. I'm like, he called right next to her. Yeah. yeah. And she's got her own shit to worry about. <laughs> Just then, light illuminates her face and the electricity to the house comes back on. Inside, they see themselves standing in the office. Tim opens the curtains and joins Kaylee in front of the mirror as they watch from the lawn. Kaylee tells Tim to call for help again. He does so on speaker and the voice tells him that he will have to have his father call. He repeats in a flat, vibrating voice, the doctor will be there tomorrow. When the voice calls him by Timbo, Kaylee snatches the phone and breaks it. This was very fucking scary yeah. to me. Yeah, I did not. Well, I I, I often say I did not like that. <laughs> <laughs> it means I did like you it. You really, yeah, really yeah. liked it. I was just unsettled by it. I just got scared. Yeah. I, and again... It's this is six. Yes, yeah. You know, it's that whole thing, and it is effective. It's scary as fuck. She asks what they can do, and he says that they could just wait. She says they'll have to watch themselves get, and he interrupts her. They're gonna have to get really, really brave. But the horrifying thing is which of us is is us. us. Yeah. yeah. And again, the mirror is just going to win. Like that's yeah. just the reality yeah, we, of it. We really, uh, Kaylee, we never should have come here. No. Yeah. <laughs> this was a big mistake. We should have finished our burgers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good Lord. And gone to therapy. Yes. Like, that's what we should have done. Seriously. That's the lesson here. In the past, Alan stands in front of the mirror with his eyes closed before going to his desk and loading his gun. Tim watches from a crack in the door. And then he's like, oh, shit. He runs upstairs and tells Kaylee. (laughs) 
Armed with the golf club, she tells her brother that they're going to have to smash the mirror. They creep downstairs and stop as the door to the office opens. Back in present day, Kaylee and Tim walk into the office and see themselves standing in front of the mirror. The lights flicker and suddenly Marisol is standing next to the other Kaylee and Tim, blood still on the front of her dress. I did see that Rory Cochran had finished his scenes Mm -hmm. and had left Mm -hmm. and they didn't realize that they still needed him for this scene. This was supposed to be him. Yeah. So they replaced him with Marisol and when she speaks, it's Alan's voice. That is genius. And so it wasn't even this wasn't even supposed to happen but it's so fucking scary yeah. and effective but they already show i mean they've established that already with marie speaking in her fiance's yes, voice yeah. yes so it doesn't come off as weird not at all like it doesn't it doesn't feel like it wasn't intended right i thought that was very cool yeah but kaylee reminds her brother that it's all not real marisol speaks to them in alan's voice i thought i told you not to play around in here Kaylee grabs onto her brother, but when she looks over, it's young Tim. And he is fucking trying to hook well, it. He's, yeah. <laughs> he wrenches away from her and runs as Marisol smiles at her. Kaylee runs too, but now she's also young again. They run back into their room and lock themselves in. Tim whimpers and Kaylee tells him to be quiet. In her room, Marie smashes the plate and begins to eat it. As she crunches the glass, blood pools onto the floor. Alan makes his way to her with the gun in his hand, and Marie crawls over to him, and they stare at each other. He takes the chain from around her neck, and she rises to her feet. When she turns her head, we cut to present-day Tim and Kaylee locked in the bathroom. Kaylee asks if he's gone, and Tim tells her that he was never there to begin with. They were tricked into going upstairs and she's right. The mirror is trying to defend itself by keeping them away. So they just need to get back down there before the anchor falls. Kaylee's like, we just need to make sure that he's gone. It's like she is not receiving anything. No, it's just it's sad. Yes. But Tim promises that Alan's not there anymore. To prove it, he opens the bathroom door, but Marie is standing there. Again, it's scared the shit out of <laughs> yeah. me. <laughs> the mayor is just a dick. He's, yeah. like, he's like, look, everything's... <laughs> I hadn't counted on that at all. No, not at all. Tim slams the door in her face, and suddenly they're kids again, holding the door shut as someone bangs on it from the other side. Kaylee hugs Tim until the banging stops. Clutching onto the golf club, she tells Tim that she's going to open the door, and if Marie is still there, Tim just needs to run downstairs. He asks what she's going to do, and she tells him, don't worry about that. Just run. She's like, I'm going to get a hole in one. (laughs) (laughs) That's what the fuck I'm going to (laughs) do. Tearfully, she tells him again to just run downstairs. She asks if he trusts her, and he says that he does. She counts down, telling her brother that she loves him and to just do what she said. On three, she opens the door, but no one's there. They run down the hall, and there's Marie, feral, and on all fours. Tim runs down the stairs, and Kaylee fucking hits her with the golf club and runs. (laughs) Marie chases after her. Kaylee makes it to her mother's bedroom and slams the door shut. I saw in a featurette that Mike Flanagan said that the behavior of this Marie was Katie Sackhoff's idea. Man. Like to make her feral and like, because she's moving like an animal. She is and she's not speaking anymore. It's like she's just gone. Yeah, Yeah, it's a lot. Katie Sackhoff, man, write something. That's really fucking intuitive and very cool. Mm -hmm. But Kaylee opens the window, tosses out the golf club and fucking tucks and rolls out of the second story window and onto the lawn. 
it was a dramatic drop. Yeah. Yes. So much so that I was like, why didn't they give adult Kaylee like a limp or something? Because you don't just fall out of a second. <laughs> she did. Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> She's like, my adrenaline is not going to let me get hurt. My bones are strong. <laughs> <laughs> she drinks plenty of milk. <laughs> but limping, she goes to the front of the house. Marisol and I think Tobin Cap mm-hmm. stand in the window. Tobin Cap is played by James Flanagan, who's Mike Flanagan's brother yeah. and <laughs> frequent collaborator. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're just staring at the window, smiling at her with glowing eyes. Inside, adult Tim sees his father walking through the house. His eyes are also glowing and he's holding on to the gun. When his father is at the door, did it remind you of that shot in Secret Window? I can't say which one because I don't want to spoil Secret Window. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Because <laughs> I don't want to spoil Secret <laughs> I want to cover Secret Window. That'd be a great That's one. That's a really good, a good I love movie. that movie. I don't know if it's like bad. I don't know what's bad and what's good anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that movie. Fair point. <laughs> but Tim tells him that this is just a trick. Alan asks if he's going to arrest him and he shoots his gun. The lights go off outside and it brings Kaylee back from staring at the fucking ghouls in the window. (laughs) When she comes back inside, though, it's adult Kaylee. Michael stands waiting for her, eyes glowing and blood smeared across his neck and shirt. Crying, Kaylee calls out for her brother. She sees young Tim hiding in the kitchen and mouthing at her. And suddenly she's young again, too. He's trying to warn her about Marie, who attacks her. She gets on top of Kaylee and strangles her. Kaylee tries to fight her, but starts to lose her strength. I was like, thanks for your help, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, shit. He's like, I'm staying over here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on this side. Bitch, this laser gun's not working. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I've been practicing all day, but... <laughs> That's sad. That's very sad. But as Marie strangles her daughter, realization comes into her face, and she lets go of her. She calls out, Kaylee? just in time for Alan to shoot her. He shoots her again, and Kaylee and Tim run. As they try to head for the door, Marisol and the other victims, including Tobin Cap and Robert Clancy, played by David Levine, stand around and watch them. Marie looks up at Alan, and the whispers start again. The errant ghosts around the house? Yes. It's a frightening visual. Oh, yeah. Reminded me so much of Dr. Sleep. Oh, I was thinking Hill House, but oh. That shot in Dr. Sleep? Yes, dude. Yeah. But Hill House as well. Yeah. (laughs) The ghosts crowd around him, and he shoots Marie again, killing her. He stands for a moment before we see young Kaylee peeking out like she did at the beginning of the film in the very first Mm -hmm. shot. Mm Mm-hmm. Only after a moment, it's present day Kaylee watching her father walk around the house with the gun. When he disappears into the hallway, young Kaylee and Tim grab golf clubs and run to the mirror, beating it as they scream. But after a moment, they realize that they've been hitting the wall next to the mirror. Got to work on your aim, kid. (laughs) (laughs) You killed shit at laser tag? Yeah. (laughs) Well, you clocked your mom in the face pretty easy. (laughs) (laughs) The fuck happened? Young Tim says, it won't let us. We cut to adult Tim saying the same thing. It won't let us. They stand in front of the mirror and suddenly their father is in the doorway saying, I thought I told you not to play around in here. He walks right up to Kaylee and points his gun in her face. She sobs and tells him that this isn't him. He says that it is him. And I'm really getting Dr. Sleep now that you mentioned it. Yes. He's met his demons and they are many. He turns to the glass with glowing eyes and says, I've seen the devil. 
he is me. Preach it, baby. <laughs> Come on with it. That is terrifying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Again, this is some great writing. Yeah. Yes. Just then, Tim screams and hits Alan's hand with the golf club and he drops the gun. He grabs Kaylee by the neck and begins to choke her against the mirror. This poor girl's throat, dude. Oh, yeah. yeah. She just like, got strangled. Jesus yeah. Christ. Tim screams for him to let go of her and he does. Kaylee gasps for air and moves aside. Alan turns to face his son and gets on his knees in front of the mirror. He guides Tim's hand to aim the gun at his head and nods at him. He tells him run he slides his finger over tim's on the trigger and squeezes killing himself kaylee runs to her father as marisol and the other ghosts walk into the room they look down at them with shining eyes their mouths open and the buzzing sound of the alarm comes out it's i i wrote thanks i hate it but, yeah, but i love it i love it and it was done in the short film yeah, as well. Yeah, it was. But I think the effect of the darkness in the eyes, mm-hmm. it works. It's just unbelievable it's here. It's very fucking scary. And when he fell, is that when the mirror gets the crack? I was kind of waiting for that moment, but I never saw the mirror get cracked. Yeah. But I'm assuming... The shot right. or yeah. something. Yeah. Because I was thinking it was when they were hitting it with the golf club, but they never actually hit it with the golf club. Yeah. So I it had to be, right? Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But suddenly we're in present day. Tim sits in front of the mirror yelling that it's not real. He calls out for his sister, but Kaylee is still in the past, standing in front of the mirror alone with the golf club in her hand. Her mother, healthy and happy, calls out to her from the mirror. Sobbing, Kaylee goes over to her. In present day, Tim sees the timer running out on the anchor. Marie reaches out to Kaylee and Kaylee leans into the mirror and into her mother's arms. I saw that they did this practically and just added the texture of the glass and post. Oh, that's so smart. Yeah. But Tim goes over to the laptop and sees on the footage that the mirror is standing alone. He turns the timer all the way, releasing the anchor, but we don't hear glass when it hits home. Tim stares in horror when he sees that the anchor hit Kaylee in the back of the throat. Okay. I hate this for a variety of reasons. Yeah. Mainly because it's very sad. It's not fair. And it's not fair. She was right about everything. Yeah. Why didn't she tell him about the cell phone trick? Like, I understand that things, tensions are high. Yeah. The cell phone trick. Yeah. Well, he looked through the, the camera yeah but it wasn't her cell phone all right (laughs) so it's just kaylee's magical cell phone (laughs) the mirror hasn't mastered apple yet (laughs) it needs a warrant yes (laughs) but kaylee groans blood pouring from her neck and mouth we cut to young kaylee and tim as red and blue police lights shine on them in present day and in the past Young Kaylee makes Tim promise that when he's big and strong, they will come back and kill it for their parents. Tim promises and they hug. Now, Kaylee lets out a dying gasp and slumps against the mirror. Tim screams his sister's name, but his voice is drowned out by sirens. In the past, officers take notes at the crime scene and remove the bodies of Marie and Alan. In present day, Tim is in cuffs again as Kaylee's body is removed. A cop is in disbelief that Tim is the one that called them. Another cop confirms this and said that after he called it in, he did this. And they watch on the camera (laughs) as Tim knowingly releases the anchor into the back of Kaylee's head. So this looks very bad. Very bad. Um, He's going to need Johnny Cochran, I believe. (laughs) (laughs) 
We get clips of young Tim being taken away as present day Tim is arrested. He screams that it wasn't him. It was the mirror. Young Tim screams the same thing and they're both thrown into the back of the cop car. In the past, Kaylee begs him to not forget their promise and Tim nods. The car pulls away and Tim sees his parents' ghosts in the window with reflective, shiny eyes. In the present, Kaylee stands with them as Tim is driven away from the house. In the very last shot, we see young Kaylee looking after her brother, bathed in the flashing police lights as he is taken from her. It cuts to black and the credits roll. So, what did you guys think of Oculus? I really, really liked this movie. I had forgot some stuff that happened in it and mm-hmm. re-watching it. Uh, I really enjoyed this movie. And there's not many. I know, you know, we've covered some and we watch a lot. Um, but this, I will say, is one of those movies that did make me feel a little uneasy. Yeah. It, yeah. it wasn't so much of a like, oh, my God, that was frightening. It was like a. Is there really somebody? Like, you know, is somebody watching this over there? Uh, but I enjoyed the fuck out of this movie. This was fantastic. Whenever I saw Kaylee join her parents with the shining eyes, Ugh. yeah, it sent a shiver up my spine, yeah. dude. Yeah. Like uh, there is just so many moments in here, and then the unsettling moments of the light bulb chew and mm-hmm. yeah, all the that fingernail. Stuff. Oh god, the yeah. fucking fingernail. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I agree. I think this is really decent. You see a lot of Flanagan's trademarks. Yeah, slowly already. Yeah, taking root. And one trademark we didn't even mention, which was music by the Newton Brothers. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think is the first one. Just like chef's there's, kiss. yeah, and it kind of sets the stage for all the stuff that he would go on to do later. Mm-hmm. I do, I don't think this film is perfect by any means, right? Right. But I think that it is such a great step forward for Mike Flanagan. Oh yeah, and I loved Absentia. Absentia is great, but you can tell it was made for nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is like he had some money behind him. He right. had, I mean, in it, it's great. Yeah. I love it. I feel like it is super unique mm-hmm. in a way that it's like, yeah, it's a haunted fill in the blank. You know what I mean? Right. I feel like this could have gone very cliche in somebody else's hands, mm-hmm. but just the marriage of this freaky ghost shit happening mm-hmm. and this family falling apart. It's just, it's very Mike Flanagan. Mm-hmm. It's, it just, I don't it just hits me right where I live I don't know what I say scary bone <laughs> it, just, it, it hits me right there it is just the characterization mm-hmm. I feel like we don't necessarily get a lot of time with them when they're not in peril so every moment is used so effectively to show who they are who they were as a family before all this shit happened to the fact where you're like well wait that was weird mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I just everything is just so effective everything nothing's heavy-handed it's very and i noticed shit like with the dog barking yes when i watched it again that i was like that went right over my head i didn't even put that together in my mind and i'm sure if i watched it again there would be shit i I didn't pick up the second time Mm -hmm. so i mean i don't i just i think it's great it's not perfect but i think it's fantastic, and I don't understand why nobody talks about it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's the uh, WWE Studios logo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, but they had already did what? See no evil uh-huh. be- like earlier. They did. So, I mean, it's not like they, and I heard that was a fairly decent movie. I've heard mixed things. <laughs> uh, I have childhood affection for Kane. So right. I, I have an open mind. Okay. I'll, we'll probably <laughs> watch <laughs> it. <out. laughs> but I guess we can go into ratings. I, like I said, I really, really enjoyed this. I feel like any complaint that I have is pretty nitpicky because overall the story really fucking shines for me. Mm -hmm. It really wins. The performances are really great. Just this descent into something horrible. The ending is sad as fuck, but it's like, I think Mike Flanagan had said that I saw in an interview that he, it bothered him in films where they talk about this ancient evil but it's taken down by some teenagers yeah. he's like that's not <laughs> then it's not some ancient evil yeah. he's like yeah. that's not how it works i guess that's why we get such a horribly sad ending right it could not be bleaker no yeah. because then now tim is back right where he was that's yeah. the thing like no matter what happened in the house tim's future is the worst it's yeah. over and it doesn't matter what really happened no. you know Kaylee's gone. Mm-hmm. They have him on tape. Those cops were already fucking being all cheesemoso no, about yeah. it. <laughs> like, yeah, see you soon. Yeah. Click. And then he hits the fucking anchor. It's like, good Lord. It's, uh, uh, it's, it's incredibly sad, but it makes more sense than it would. And I'm not going to lie. If the ending was them coming together and defeating it, I'd be like, fuck yeah, they beat the mirror. No, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, I mean, in all fairness, I think that would have been the catharsis we needed. It right. would. Because after seeing Alan do that to Marie, like I was like, this shit's dark. Yeah, it's incredibly yeah. dark. And then it only gets darker. But Mike Flanagan, he doesn't always give us the, the ending that we <laughs> necessarily no. are needing at the end of his stories. That's a fair point. So, I mean, I don't know. I really... Uh, like I said before, the performances, even the kids' performances were really, really oh, great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I do appreciate the history lesson that we get from Kaylee. Mm-hmm. And it is such a direct nod to 1408 mm-hmm. that it just, I don't know, it makes me, it just makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> I can't explain <laughs> it. But with all that being said, uh, I really, I, I love, I can't even say I really liked it. I really loved this. And I will definitely be throwing it in the rotation. I'm upset that I watched it the one time and I was like, oh, that was cool. And then never, I really never even thought about it again. Yeah. But I mean, if it makes you feel any better about that, we did not know exactly who Mike Flanagan was. That's true. But I mean, oh, yeah. This film, it's Flanagan, but it's not full Flanagan. You know what I mean? He hadn't really like gotten where he was going yet. And Mm -hmm. you can't when you're barely starting out. It's not going to be as great as you get. Yeah, yeah. No. But I mean, on its own, I feel like this is so unique. Um, I just, I'm extremely impressed by it. So on a scale from one to 10 shards of ghoulish glass, <laughs> I should have changed it to grotesque glass. <laughs> <laughs> grotesque cow? Yeah. No what the fuck did you just say to me? <laughs> We're getting divorced. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I'm going to give Oculus nine out of 10 shards of ghoulish glass. Wow. It is fantastic. Yeah. And I don't know why it has flown under the radar for a lot of people. I, I personally have never heard anybody talk to me about this movie, <laughs> <laughs> but um, except for Sandra, cause she's like, yeah, I, was like yeah. so I was like, someone suggested, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know what I mean? When people bring up, 
because it's always oh they don't make good horror films anymore and people do that laundry list of films made in the last 20 years mm -hmm. this is never nobody brings up this yeah. one no and i part of me thinks it's because other flanagan films rise Outshine above it. it maybe but this is just so so unique and kind of bold in the way that they tell the story because mm -hmm. i can see people watching this and when the past and the present is melding together them getting annoyed or frustrated or not being into it mm -hmm. and i feel like there were some chances taken here and for me they really pay off but i'll shut up <laughs> and <laughs> i will now open up the floor uh i'm with you i really really enjoyed this movie um the ending i I don't want to say that I didn't like the ending, but I think I think I figured out that's what it was because I had told your sister, I was like, man, the ending didn't really pack that punch, but it was because it was so fucking sad. It's yeah. so it's sad. like, hey, I ruined you guys' life. You know, deal with it. <laughs> Credits. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like, fuck. Directed by Mike Flanagan. Yeah, that was it. Like, what what? Oh, that was it? Um, there was supposed to be a little thing after the credits okay. of Warren, the repair guy. Uh-huh fixing the crack in the corner of the mirror because it was being shipped out yeah and i don't know if they were wanting to make a sequel or kind of leave the door open for a sequel the mirror never got destroyed so i mean if y'all really wanted to do it again yeah. you could i don't think you should well in all fairness uh, that mirror shows up everywhere in it Flanagan's. does yeah it's an easter egg yeah, yeah i remember seeing it in dr sleep when he's walking to the gold room yeah, yeah. it's in hush too like it's everywhere yeah you really wouldn't want to see one of those only if mike flanagan wanted well, to do no, it yeah, and okay, was completely yeah, behind yeah. it I know a lot of studios are like, no, we're making three of these. Right. And I don't want that. Okay, yeah. But if I he was going to do another that. one, I'll watch yeah. another one. <laughs> but I just feel like you could do a lot with you could. this still. Well, like he said, it's a it's a portable overlook. Yeah. No matter where you put it, some shit is going to happen. Yeah. And you could even bring Karen Gillan back. Okay. Because, yeah. I mean, she's she, in, in the shit. Yeah, oh, and that's <laughs> what it was. It was supposed to be after he mends it, you see her in there. Because oh, she's kind of okay. the new Marisol. Yeah. Which, right. you know, now that I'm saying it out loud, I kind of would like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, besides that, I I enjoyed the, the info dump. You yes. know what I mean? The mm -hmm. way she did it. I enjoyed and you're right. I can I can see now after you saying that how people could get confused with them running around the house and then they're older yeah. or younger. I it worked. I yes. loved it because it did it 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 would it kept putting me back in that feel of you're scared like when you were a child of this is going on. That's yeah. why, you know what I mean? It's fucking with you. It knows what's going on and it's going to keep messing with you. And I know for a large part, it's just them. Mm -hmm. But it still works. It yeah. still works. The Mira is its own fucking character and it does nothing. Yeah, just sits <laughs> there. It's but just everything. there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but everything. Um, so for me, on a scale of one to ten shards of ghoulish glass i'm gonna give oculus an 8.5 wow hey. i i like i will watch this movie again and i i don't either understand why people don't talk about it i enjoyed the fuck out of this movie i was like okay this is great yeah because <laughs> it, it doesn't really seem like I don't want to say a moment is wasted, but it seems like the movie moves along really good. It does. And I and, and I really, really appreciated that. I, I mean, I can agree with definitely all the positives. I think that there are moments, again, that are genuinely scary yeah. mm -hmm. and unsettling, which takes a lot for us. Yeah. And for them to actually be that effective, 
kind of just shows how good Mike Flanagan is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Of course, I love the info dump, like you said. Mm-hmm. I know for a lot of people, they'd be like, oh, it's just all exposition. Yeah. I love it. You need yeah. it, though. Yeah. Like I said, the, the mirror is a character. Here it is. Here's its whole story. Yeah. And it sells it. And it makes sense because if she's documenting this, yeah. yep. you know, it's not like she's just doing it for our benefit. Yeah. And the way that she does it so fast, it's just like bombs constantly yeah. going off. Like, yeah. oh, like, shit. You, this, is, this is bad. Yeah, this is bad. You, you can actually believe that she spent all those years studying, yeah. Absolutely. finding. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not even she's not reading from anything. No. There's not a teleprompter in the room. No, There's yeah. not. And we and there's no uh, research scene in this. No, yeah, no, yeah. she did not get on Skype with Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I love the 1408 vibes. Mm-hmm. I dig them a lot. And for me, I think the only negatives. I mean, I think it's really good, but it's not necessarily the heights of what Flanagan would reach in the future for me. Right. Like I feel like a hush hits harder for me is a better film. I th- a Doctor Sleep is a 10 out of 10 for me. Agreed. Especially the director's cut. If you can get your hands on the director's Man. cut. Holy shit. And I don't know how it like makes it so much better. It does. But it does. It's like 30 minutes longer. Yeah. But it's way better. But I mean, and Hill House, Bly Manor, Midnight Mass, you know, I feel like these are like the baby steps that lead to those. Right. And so when it doesn't reach the heights of what he would attain later, I can't really rank it up with what those mean to me yeah you know um and then there's also the ending which is very bleak yeah and very upsetting which doesn't take the score down or anything i just feel like it it reaches a crescendo and then that shit happens abruptly yeah Yeah, it does (laughs) it kind of comes to a screeching halt yeah and i don't know how well that works for me Mm -hmm. right but um like i said bold bold choices bold very very bold and i also kind of i'm annoyed at the reaction of the family to the haunting yeah (laughs) he's cheating no yeah he's being haunted yes yes his mistress lives in his office (laughs) what the fuck are you even saying marie (laughs) but for me on a scale from one to ten shards of ghoulish glass I am going to have to give Oculus an 8 out of 10. I think that the craft of Flanagan brings it up for me. Because if anybody else had done this and they didn't have the skill that Flanagan has, it would probably be be like a 7, 7.5. Yeah. But the way that his editing works within these Mm -hmm. timelines, the crafting of the scares, I got to bump it up a little. See, I prefer this over Hush. Really? Oh, yeah. A thousand... 50,000 times more. Man, Hush is so fucking good. And, and and you're right. When I rewatch it, I might, but this is more my style. Uh-huh. I this I will pick any day over. Like the I was like like I said it's it's hard to kind of unsettle me, but when even then coming to bed even for that split second <laughs> that I was like is somebody and I was like that movie got to me. I like that. <laughs> That's when you yeah, know it's no, good yeah, though. I was that like is that true. was good. We should probably talk about Hush at some point. We will. Yeah, we'll yeah. figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, maybe we should hush yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't talk about it. <laughs> well, that's all from us at Podmortem. What would you rate Oculus and what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at the Podmortem. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at Blood and Smoke, at RealStreeter84, and at TravisMWH. Please consider pledging to our Patreon and stay tuned until after the music for a special shout out to our Wendigo Getter patrons. And remember, don't believe everything you see. 
All it takes is one false perception to shatter your reality. Until next time. Thank you for staying tuned for a special shout out to our Wendigo Getter patrons. Yeah. 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 We appreciate you being mere with us. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time. (laughs) I've killed the show. (laughs) A special thank you to Chris Ontiveros, Kristen Lofton, Megan Martinez, Kimberly Bass, Melanie Van Huesden, Sophie Hodson, Anthony Jerome M., Jordan Nash, Kent Morton, Guy54, Lala Thomas, Travis and Nisa Hunter, Miguel Myers ATX, Mandy, Jennifer Perez, Pierre Lombard, Allison O'Neill, Carissa, TJ Bronson, Gabrielle Trevino, Spooky Mom, Andy Teague, Applin Ontiveros, Karima Rhodes, Antonio Huerta, Kimberly Kleindienst, Will Brown, Linda, Sydney Smith, Osvaldo Soto, Jonathan Booth, Bobby Holmes, Donna Eason, J.D. Rizak, Molly Gerhardt, Armand Spasto, Aaron Aguirre, Aggie, William Berry, Brittany Ramatar, Charity Oxner, Amanda Six, Mandy Rainwater, Garrett Rogers, Jordan Roberts, Dylan, Melissa Sierra, Holly Bryan, Jordan Blevins, Michelle Moore, Liz Heath, Spencer Montalvo, Pancake the Panda, John Ramos, Michael Newding, Alexius Roberts, Dan Laveau, Itzy M, Gary Horton, Amanda Aliff, Leisha Olivier, Kate Lamp, Carlos and Sydney, Jessica Hunter, Helen Rudder, Alan Johnston, Nicholas Carter, and Mariah. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> 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 A sincere, deep thank you to each and every one of you. Because without you, the show would not be possible. After all, we are merely a reflection of y'all. Oh my God. Your mind is back. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time. <laughs>